You're listening to Let's Stay Together, a podcast about Fruits Basket by Natsuki Takaya. I'm Ellen. And I'm Kayla. And this is our final episode. Yay! Yay! Where we're going to discuss everything. Literally everything. (laughs) (laughs) Like, also just about life and stuff. Yeah, I was going to say... (laughs) Because they say stay tuned for our quantum physics break. (laughs) I don't know anything about that. It's all you. I mean, (laughs) string theory. Yeah, string theory. Yeah, that's everything. Yes. Hi. Hi, Bowie. It's okay. The people want to know about you. So (laughs) just be quiet for a little bit. We'll get to questions later. Question time is later. So we're going to do a summary of the whole series and then discuss characters then discuss like themes and then we have uh, listener questions again which is wonderful i'm so excited to answer them (laughs) again thank you all for writing in we just got some like two minutes ago so congrats to you for getting them in at the last minute (laughs) so the series as a whole toru honda a high schooler who was recently orphaned when her mother was killed in a car accident was invited to live with the soma family a family burdened with a curse that causes members of the family possessed by to be possessed by spirits of the chinese zodiac and the cat who, according to legend, was left out of the banquet that determined the order of the Zodiac animals. This is partially lifted from our mid-series special, so I think that that whole line was in there. But, you know, listen, it's fine. You forgot that it was no ordinary family curse. Oh, how could I forget? (laughs) (laughs) They're cursed, but it's no ordinary family curse. (laughs) The genie should remain in that form for an unspecified period of time and then transform back. Kyosoma, possessed by the spirit of the Zodiac, the cat of the Zodiac story, has an additional form known as the cat's true form. This and the bond from long ago caused the cat to be treated as an outsider and confined alone on the estate. During a trip to during a summer trip to the beach, Kyo and Yuki realize their true feelings for Toru, and Toru realizes that the curse binds the Junishi and keeps them from achieving their goals and resolves to break it. That is what we had covered at the kind of middle of the series. Also, so much stuff happened after the mid-series special. <laughs> I kind of struggled with the summaries. <laughs> Saki Hanajima and Yuriso Otani are Toru's best friends. Hana can understand the feelings of and manipulate others with Denpa. She struggled with this as a child, but being befriended by Toru Nuo in middle school seemed to have brought her some inner peace and enabled her to control her Denpa more. Uo was in a gang when she was younger. Toru's mom, who was previously an elite gang member herself, known as the Red Butterfly, helped her leave her gang in high school. While working at her part-time job, Uo meets convenience store man, I mean Kureno Soma. <laughs> it seems to be an extremely controversial love at first sight, and fate happily brings them together again for a meal, but it turns out that Kureno is also a Soma and one with a special connection to Akito. So for a while, at least, it seemed that their love couldn't be. (laughs) (laughs) The head of the family, Akito-sama, was affected by the curse as well. Seen as the god of the Zodiac legend, Akito was able to manipulate the Junishi emotionally and abused them to keep them close. Akito was told by her father, the former head of the family, who died young, that she was born to be loved by the Junishi, and her mother, Ren, however, said that all this so-called love from the bond wasn't real. This twisted Akito's perception of reality and her connections with others, leading her to abuse those of the Junishi, whose feelings of attachment started to drift away from Akito. She abused Yuki, whose parents left him at the main house as a child. Kisa, after learning that Hiro was in love with her. Hattori, after he asked for permission to marry his girlfriend Kana. And Rin, who Akito pushed out a window after learning about her relationship with Haru and locked her in the isolated cat's room after she attempted to steal something of Akito's for Ren. While Akito attempted to keep the Junichi together, Toru, Rin, and Shigure tried to find ways to break the curse, separately at first, but eventually realizing they were all working toward the same goal. As members of the Zodiac, one by one, were freed from the curse, such as Kureno, Mumiji, and Hiro, Akito became more and more desperate to maintain their attachment. She made a bet with Ren that if the Zodiac had a taste of the outside world, they would never come back to Akito. No. Akito believed that she that they would come back, but Ren, but Ren believed they never would come back. <laughs> Let's clarify. Everybody knows what happened at this point. It's fine. <laughs> 
This seemed to be the case, but a confrontation between Akito and Toru, who Akito saw as the source of the problem overall of the Junichi leaving, led to eventually to her being able to take on a world without the guarantee of, of conditional love, but with the guarantee of at least one friend in Toru Honda. Amongst other things, the Soma curse can be seen as a manifestation of the bonds of tradition that keep people from expressing their individuality, finding meaningful relationships and meaningful experiences on their own. The curse breaking enabled all the affected characters to find their true selves in the end and move forward with their lives. Good summary? Yay! Very nice. <laughs> it was much shorter than the other one. I started to write about everything that happened, then I was like, this is like too much. It's just yeah. so so many things happened. I yeah. like It's like for details, see the previous episode. Yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Well, like, the, because basically up to the point, so if you listen to the mid-series special and, like, when I reread the summary that in my notes, it's like, and we met all these characters, and this is, like, you know, what they're like, and all the things that happened in their past, and now, at the beach, we've all decided to move forward, but then, like, the way that that manifests in the rest of the series is, like, I mean, it's, <laughs> we're starting to see it now in the, in the, um, in the in the anime but like so many things happen they had like their parent teacher conferences they yuki joins a student council we meet like five new characters or something like mm-hmm. six new characters in the second half of the series and then like um everybody's falling in love which i didn't even mm-hmm. talk about in here but it's not really like essential to technically essential to the main part of the story i mean it's something that motivates like toru but yeah and like motivates rin i guess and then shigure and akito but like really like the main story of the the curse breaking is that it's about Akito and the family almost all the other like things that we see we're led slowly into the story by Takaya by starting with like a girl who's on the outside of the family and then the people who are affected and then it gets builds up to like where it's Akito and the whole second half of the story is all about Akito and the family it's like barely about the Junishi and Toru mm-hmm. so they come to comes together at the end where with Toru and Akito's confrontation but really like the meat of the story is in the family so it's very interesting we get to go from the outside in. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyway, that's what happened. Now you're all caught up, so you don't have to listen to the rest of the episodes. Yeah. If you're joining us for the first time, hi. Welcome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk about all the characters and go through them one by one. So we did this also in the mid-series special, but I want to like kind of look back at them and talk about how they changed going forward. Or like some of them we didn't, we hadn't even, even met yet or just had barely met like Rin and, and Kakiru and Manchi, who ended up being so influential later in the story. Mm-hmm. So. But I think we should start where it all starts with Toru Honda. So, what we said about her in the mid-series special is that she was motivated to finish school, and basically what had started happening is that she she was also motivated to break the curse because she had seen how it impacts the Junishi's lives, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but we also had started to see her freaking out about her mom at the beach. That was, like, the beginning of the sort of, like, seeing the more negative aspects of how her mom, her promise to her mom was holding her back from growing and... Not even just her promise to her mom, but, like, her um, feeling of not wanting to let her mother's memory go. Like, it was more... It wasn't even about... It didn't seem to be about, like, the promise of trying to finish school and, like, whatever and stuff anymore. It was more about how she felt about trying to keep her mother's memory alive. That was holding Mm -hmm. her back. It seemed. Mm -hmm. And then we... What we see her doing in the second half of the story is... Being more involved in the... In trying to like meddle in things and trying to get information about the curse that's how she ends up getting closer to rin but then like at the end we also see her so she was motivated to do that but then she realizes during the confrontation with keto that that wasn't necessarily like even though she felt like it was right it was still something that was hurting Akito. so i Mm -hmm. feel like that's kind of a almost like a revelation in the story yeah um 
that like the even though we know we feel like we're all led through this story where the curse is bad and Akito is bad and even though we can sympathize with Akito it's like almost up to that point it's all seen as being a bad thing which it is like I guess mm-hmm. but Toru realizes that her motivation was hurtful to Akito as well even though it was maybe help trying to in the in the vein of trying to help other people yeah it's like the the thing she says we're like just is like it doesn't matter if it was like right or wrong it was still hurting you also like mm-hmm. which is a very Toru thing to take <laughs> note of <laughs> it's true Mm-hmm. she also admits later so she says at first that she wants to help all the junishi but then it sort of becomes more about her relationship with kyo she starts to slowly admit to herself about her feelings toward kyo mm-hmm. these things are all kind of like jumbled up together actually we just saw in the anime that's like her mom she had that memory of like her mom leaving her like her when her dad died and then her mom dying and then kyo at the same time and mm-hmm. like those things all kind of seem to get jumbled together and so not wanting to be left alone like, not wanting to be away from someone that she clearly cares about. She's falling in love with Kyo at that point. Becomes, like, her primary motivator for, like, freeing the Junishi, I guess. And she eventually admits to that herself. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a benefit to everybody else, but it's about her not wanting to be abandoned. Right? Yeah. Her feelings of abandonment motivate her through the second half of the story, I think. Mm-hmm. They seem to get resolved. We had, like, a... We had a... There's the implication at the end of the story, too, where, like... She has the photo. We last time we talked about how she had the photo of like her parents together with her as a kid, like mm-hmm. in the future. So maybe not quite at the end of the story, but it seems like in the end she was able to move past that. Yeah, I think it was getting resolved at the end too, because like her whole like thing where like when she thinks she's been uh, rejected by Kyo, her whole thing is where mm-hmm. she's like, "I'm gonna like smile for him and it'll be okay." Like she's obviously mm-hmm. like working through it at that point. She's not quite at the <laughs> point where she is okay but that's because it just happened Um, yes (laughs) but she's obviously at the point where she's just like like no i can move past this it'll be okay Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah that's true it's a good point yeah and she was able to kind of accept and let go of the uh her like clinging to her mom's memory before that because that was like what was able to what made her able to like admit her feelings for kyo Mm -hmm. and she was like yeah yeah because she was like panicking about like her mom, like, not being the most important, like, memory in her life anymore. Yeah, there's the scene, like, after, um, after Kagura, after their fight, after her fight with Kagura, mm-hmm. where Kyo picks her up, and she sees her mom, kind of like the ghosty image of her mom in the, um, in the alley, and then she kind of, like, smiles to herself, like, it's not, mm-hmm. you know, like, it's, it's not a big deal anymore, like, her mom's yeah. memory isn't gonna fade away just because she's mm-hmm. in love with this person yeah so it's like she was starting she had gotten over kind of that specific uh-huh. aspect of all her you know trauma and issues even if like the you know the core of her like you know fear of abandonment she was still working on mm-hmm. yeah it seemed to be the case mm-hmm. and then even when Keo brings up during well she tries to confess and it's his like confession about being at the accident mm-hmm. when Keo brings up um that her that her mom said that she won't forgive him and stuff then she's like Tori's like well I just have to go against my mom like yeah. I just have to do what I think is right she says later like in the last chapter or one of the chapters we read last time that like if she sees something you know it's like a good thing that she doesn't just let go so mm-hmm. she's like I'm pretty stubborn which is true yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it came out her in her actions before that but she said it in that one chapter so yeah yeah that's something I like about like Toru is that like 
she is stubborn and has been about like the things she mm-hmm. cares about. Like she has like you have people like worrying over her being like a doormat basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's not. It's just that like you know, being kind to other people is something she's stubborn about. That's true. In addition to like the other stuff, so it's like that's important to her. So she's willing to do things that seem like crazy to other people. Because mm-hmm. like I think she has like a reputation. We talked about this way back when we were talking about yeah, sure. like why we wanted to like revisit the series. Is that, like, the character of Toru Honda has a reputation of being just, like, a, you know, just super kind and submissive <laughs> anime girlfriend kind of character, but... Yeah. But she's not, though. She's not. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's not. Mm-hmm. And I think it's more obvious. It starts to become obvious partway through mm-hmm. the series. I mean, I think we see it before mm-hmm. the end. Yeah, I think the first most obvious thing that I think of is the true form arc. Mm-hmm. With her following Kyo, and even that, especially the part when, like, he, you know, is like hurting her and trying to get mm-hmm. her to go away, and she starts to leave, and then turns around with that extremely determined expression and comes back. Yeah, like she could tell. And then Kyo says later, like, it's she knew that, or maybe she thinks, like, she knew that if he didn't come back, then he would never come back or whatever. So, mm-hmm. and she knew. I feel like I saw a tweet or something, like maybe it was a Takaya tweet that was like. That was when, because I don't think it's ever stated in any of the manga, but that was kind of like the time that Toru knew, sort of started to have feelings for him. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, like she knew that it was good for that she wanted to to be around him still. So yeah. that's the time when it kind of mm-hmm. I feel like it kicks in. There. Yeah, in a way that's kind of the precursor of her like fear of him being locked away. True. After high school, because it's like you know she thought like. Like, he'd run away and never come back, and then this is, like, he'll, you know, be locked away and never come back. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. She saved him one time. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, so they're both kind of, like, even if she didn't, like, have a fully formed concept of it, part of her motivation was, like, like, I don't want him to leave. Yeah. (laughs) That's true. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. I always think of, like, uh, her pushing Akito when Mm -hmm. she met Akito for the first time. Yeah. As, like, one of the first times you really see that mm-hmm. but also another time that I think of that I always thought was really sweet or I thought was really sweet when we read it this time was when she Uo's running from the gang as a kid like in, mm-hmm. when in middle school and she like grabs her hand and like runs away yeah and like as if she like just didn't think about it it was like the right thing to do right you know yeah. <laughs> and then they get to her house and she's like panicking so mm-hmm. it's really cute yeah <laughs> But yeah, like, even, so even as, like, a, we had talked about it, I'm sure, at the time of that episode, that's, like, seems like it's part of who she is as a person. It's something that yeah. she did as a child, too, so. hmm Yeah. Yeah, it's, like, if she, if it's something she feels strongly about, she's, you know, not going to give it up. She's going to, mm-hmm. you know, put her all into it, so. And she did. And now the mm-hmm. curse is broken. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think she also, I mean, I feel like that comes through with Akito, too. Like, she, her scenes with Akito, where she tries mm-hmm. to, she's. She tries to, like, make amends and reach out to Akito and become her friend and whatever, and it takes some time, but eventually she comes around. Mm-hmm. And it's not like after the first try she, like, gave up. It's not like she yeah. was like, oh, you freaking like, stabbed me. <laughs> yeah. It's like... She comes back to the hospital, and the first thing that Tori yeah. does is... Uh, yeah, she's like, she her. got slashed by a knife and <laughs> fell off a cliff, and she still... First thing she does when she sees Akito again... Yes, ...is, like, offer the hand of friendship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's something that I think it's true that we definitely said that Toru's Toru could be perceived as someone who, yeah, it's just like kind of a doormatty, like typical 
super nice anime girl with very little like kind of substance to her mm-hmm. character but i think there's so much more there like we see the reasons why she's like that like it's it stems from not just like that's the way that she feels like she should be but from these feelings of like abandonment and like the experience of mm-hmm. losing people and hearing things from her mom um mm-hmm. that influenced her um, yeah. it seems like it's also just part of her personality like i just said mm-hmm. so yeah all those things combined kind of make her like that yeah i do think i don't know if we talked about it that much but i think i do think that fear of abandonment that she is you know at that point starting to you know accept and work toward getting over mm-hmm. is um that like what helps her to sympathize so much with Akito at the end because yeah. like yeah Akito's terrified of abandonment like that's her whole thing so yes like that's her like the turning point is her realizing that they kind of share that and mm-hmm. she's like oh I know exactly where you're coming from let me help yeah <laughs> for sure I don't think we talked about that and I think that that's mm-hmm. true she's like she when she's having that confrontation with Akito there's like imagery of her mom too I'm pretty sure she remembers mm-hmm. her mom she sees like her mom and she sees Akito like standing side by side right yeah so it's she recognizes that desire and like Toru's already sort of moved past it that's what she says mm-hmm. in that scene and then extends her hand right so mm-hmm. yeah that is something they have in common yeah she kind of says the same thing to Rin too right like I don't know where they when they have their cry fest I can't remember <laughs> exactly but it's not necessarily about abandonment but they have the same I don't know like they don't know what to do mm-hmm. to like keep the people close to them you know to help yeah. them <laughs> Yeah, it was, yeah, I can't remember their exact words, but it was a very, like, like, it's okay, I understand kind of thing from yeah. Toru's perspective. Like, yes. <laughs> I always thought it was interesting how after that scene, Toru feels bad about it. She's like, I couldn't, like, help her, but it's like, but just, like, sympathizing with her helped her, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, well, it's like, that's kind of a, a running theme with Toru, is, like, she feels like, like, she wants to do things to help people, and, like, people keep telling her, like, you, yeah, you just are. you being you yourself <laughs> and being there is, like more help than you know yeah well it's hard to see those things in yourself i think that's yeah. also a, a general theme of fruba but yeah umeboshi yes <laughs> there's a plum here's a plum on your back it's okay i see it i see it everyone <laughs> yeah. i just plain rice <laughs> crying on <Ongiri>. yeah <laughs> She goes on the metaphor too to be like, sometimes it's salmon, sometimes it's this thing yeah. or whatever. And it's like, oh, my, my special trait is salmon. Um, <laughs> anyway, yes. But yeah, that's, we haven't talked about that in a long time, but that's something that's yeah. like really early on in the series. Mm-hmm. That sort of idea. Um, yeah, I, don't know. I think that that's kind of a good summary of Toru as a character. Mm-hmm. She did the thing. She, she did the, the thing. She was a good <laughs> She was a good person and helped people and was nice. Yeah, and she helped people cared. and helped herself. Uh huh. <laughs> she did eventually. It was all about other people for a long time. Yeah. And then eventually she had to wake up and smell the coffee about herself. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the hardest thing to do. Yeah. Speaking of people who are super introspective about themselves, yeah. Seamless segue to talk about Yuki Soma next. <laughs> <laughs> Not a seam to be had. so in our mid-series special we had talked about how his motivation seemed to be to be able to like share his feelings without have feel feelings without being getting overwhelmed by them (laughs) to turn them off (laughs) (laughs) and he seemed to be motivated by since the true form arc to be doing things that he was uncomfortable with 
um, such as, you know, being in student council, which clearly changed, really turned his um, growth around and mm-hmm. accelerated it. Yeah. What we saw in the second half of the story is him being more involved in the student council. So, like, right now in the anime, we're at the point where he's, like, struggling to figure out how to work with them and sort of connect with them. But it's already such a positive influence, I think, because um, they accepted him so readily. Mm-hmm. He's, like, so worried about that. And yeah. I, I think that's something that we talked about when we talked about the anime episode that that covered that we didn't really talk about when we read the manga was that aspect of it how they just kind of like readily accept that he's mm-hmm. that they're all gonna work together and that he's like part of the group and it's not a big deal and he's just like okay like he hasn't really had that right so yeah we just also saw we just talked about the anime episode where they have the mm-hmm. parent-teacher conferences and like that's there's that symbolic like moment of now coming and grabbing him and him saying goodbye to toru it's like it's supposed yeah. to be him kind of like leaving the nest <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah because i think we talked about it like at some point but like For sure it feels like like he needed Toru to like get him started. Like mm-hmm. without someone like Toru, he wouldn't have been able to get to the point where he could join the student council. Mm-hmm. Um, he literally says like, that at, himself at the yeah. in the last chapter uh-huh. too. Yeah, but like, and then like, but like at that point, he'd kind of like like Toru had helped him as much as you know she could, and so mm-hmm. he needed to experience new things on his own, which is what he's trying to do. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. But she was still supportive throughout. Mm-hmm. So, yep. The other thing that happens in the back half of the story, of course, is that Yuki finds Machi, and Yuki's able to connect <laughs> with her. You're gonna say Yuki becomes an asshole. Oh yeah, no, that's very important. <laughs> Sorry, you're right. That's the most important thing that we should talk about. <laughs> he does become an asshole, and he's great. He finds yeah. his inner asshole. Yes. <laughs> his Yuki's true form. Yes. <laughs> He, yeah, it is good. But he finds Machi, and he's able mm-hmm. to help her, too. His, like, experience is something that's able to... He's able to connect with her. Mm-hmm. And she says such her, says, says as such herself later. Mm-hmm. They have their little mini-confession. That's before the later one. Yeah, and we, like... Part of Yuki's, like, issues kind of around the midpoint is that, like, he feels like he does nothing but take from people. Mm-hmm. It's like everyone has to help him, and he doesn't have anything to offer. But in, like, the back half, he starts to learn that like, he does have things to offer, and Machi's one of the, like, main people in that, because he's able to help her yes. in ways people helped him, so yes, helps him to feel like, you know, he's interacting with people in a more equal way. Yes. He also is able to um, help, like, Kakeru. Kakeru looks up to mm-hmm. him as someone who understands other people. Yeah. And so, like, is a person of action, I guess, <laughs> and, like... <laughs> Yuki's more introspective, so yeah. <laughs> his, they kind of balance each other out, right? Like, mm-hmm. Kakiru's kind of like, why don't you just, like, do this thing or whatever? And Yuki's like, are you dumb? Like, it's kind yeah. of like their whole relationship. <laughs> you know? Like, mm-hmm. I think it's nice. Yuki, so he's able to give back not just to Machi in a way that we see, like, very overtly, but also, like, Kakiru treats him, like, as someone who has a lot of, like, empathy and knowledge, right? Mm-hmm. And that's something that other people didn't really see before. Like, basically, the people who interacted with him were just like, you know, you're just like, you're special just because, like, Akito likes you and, like, everybody else hates you because, Akito, you're the favorite and stuff like that. And Kyo was like, mm-hmm. I just hate you for everything. And, like, yeah, <laughs> you know, like, despite being someone who is, seems to be extremely capable and loved in a specific way, there's this undercurrent that everybody, like, secretly hates him and secretly, mm-hmm. you know, doesn't, like, he, you know, 
he has the whole time where he like runs away and he's like gonna try to like basically die i guess like he yeah and, um he's kind of on his last you know at his wits end and then ends up helping toru and that's something that helped him you know mm-hmm. have hope for the future but he just thinks like if everybody hates me then why am i here like i might as well just not be here so. yeah he moves on from that the student council helps him move on from that yeah because he he really needed a social group that had nothing to do with the somas mm-hmm. <laughs> yes because mm-hmm. they basically like yeah it's like the worn story you know like mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the same old like mm-hmm. but the non-soma friends they see him as just a regular person they don't yeah, see his connection a... to to any god or anything like that you know <laughs> yeah He's just a kid a in kid. high school. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a smart kid. And kind mm-hmm. of a quiet kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who becomes an asshole. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Not spoken asshole. Um, yeah. His his character arc is so great. I feel like mm-hmm. I, I definitely didn't appreciate it as a, like, reading this through the first time. Like, I was, I was kind of, like, at the end, I was like, yeah, like, he's cool. He's fine. At first, mm-hmm. I didn't like him very early on in the story. Yeah, but now looking back, like not necessarily through this read through, but just like, you know, in my more adult years, I see like how interesting his whole character arc is and how mm-hmm. he grows through the story. Yeah, I think it's one of those things where like once you like know his whole deal, when you go back to those early chapters, you're like, oh, you poor thing, oh baby, like, yes, I know. <laughs> you don't know how to people. <laughs> at first, his like he seems like he does seem really like cold as mm-hmm. is commented on as something that like the prince yuki fan club likes about him that he's so distant yeah. and cold and like you know like almost like on an upper echelon of people or whatever <laughs> like mm-hmm. but yeah he seems so weird and distant and then he like there's the whole like part where he's kind of like being flirty with toru and it's weird and you're like you really you're like you're being like super weird um, mm-hmm. but it's just because he like he has these feelings about her and he doesn't really know like he doesn't know the difference between like yeah familial love and romantic love because he's never fucking had familial love so like yeah. <laughs> he wouldn't know like just like warm feelings about someone is like different than like how he says like i try to treat her how i think like you know guys are supposed to treat girls or whatever like it's like you don't have to you don't have to like have romantic feelings for every one of the opposite sex like that's not yeah. <laughs> that's not a requirement so yeah he um like that's you can see you can when mm-hmm. you go back at the end, you can see him struggling through all these things, and it's yeah, yeah. It's like he is weird and off-putting. Yes, like that's the <laughs> point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's a weirdo. Like it's fine. <laughs> but his he's able to when he spends time with people who aren't in the family and not being like fucking locked up in Akito's room. <laughs> like, yeah, he's able to have experiences that help him become a more well-rounded person, mm-hmm. and that's how he grows in the series. Yeah, that's what's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's definitely um, at least a contender for the best character arc in the series. <laughs> Probably. I don't know yeah. if that's one of our questions for later, but we can make it a question. Yeah. <laughs> I think, like, the main trio, they all get a good character mm-hmm. arc. Yeah. I I think especially Yuki and Kyo, because, I mean, Yuki and Toru, but Kyo's is kind of obvious. It's like he's all, like, closed up and shunned, mm-hmm. and then he, first he develops so hard where he's like, I don't give a shit, and then later it's like, I, now that I don't have this like pressure weighing on me anymore i mm-hmm. want to i know that i want to live in the world or whatever yeah so. um seamless segue into kyo we can talk about him yeah. now too <laughs> but like yeah i think the kind of the main other characters get good arcs too but the main three obviously get like really yeah. n- get good strong ones i think mm-hmm. 
But yeah, so Kyo, what we said during the... <laughs> I said in my mid-series special notes, it says, began the series crashing through Toru's roof, which we were, of yeah. course, reminded of at the very end, which is great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I miss when we, the days when we had the damage counter to Shigure's house. <laughs> yeah. Everyone got all mature and stuff. Oh, and yeah. I should have... Beating the shit out of each other. I should have went back and found a tally, but it was, like, at least 20 times or something. I remember, yeah. Maybe 15 or 16, something like that. Um, yeah. We got yeah. one last hurrah with the Kyo and Yuki's... Uh, their fight, yeah. Their habit Yuki out broke at the, the end, end, so, yeah. Yes. And then, of course, we got a bunch of damage to Shisho's house, which was a bonus that I forgot. Yeah. About, which is great. <laughs> <laughs> and school. The school took a lot more damage yeah, at the end, about, too. Yeah. It's about how, like... Uh, like, Takaya has the uh, author's note about how, like, no one wound up punching Shigure because they all got yes. too mature to do it. <laughs> it's the same thing. It's like they got mature and stopped damaging the house all the time. Yes. <laughs> You're like, I think Tori should have done it, which I agree with. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, right, straight, and with yeah. her left hand. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> She's like, Kyo taught me how to punch. And Shigure's like, well, that kind of hurt. There's, like, no damage. Yeah. She's like, ow, with her hand. <laughs> <laughs> she, she would never punch Shigure. She thinks that he's good. We just had the the like, yeah. other episode. <laughs> anyway, for Kyo, so after the true form, he, we said that he's more motivated to become a better person. And like I just said, I think he eventually becomes his motivation. We also talked about how his, he was motivated originally to like beat Yuki, but that of course changed. He let that go. But then, yeah. still at the end in their fight, they it comes. He's still envious of Yuki. Mm -hmm. jealous i guess jealous of yuki um yeah no yeah uh, envious, envious envious of yuki. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'm always i always think that i'm wrong but i'm almost always right because yeah. i've trained myself to I, say envious instead of jealous that's what people mean yeah. 90 percent of the time <laughs> i remember it by remembering the phrase jealously guarded okay <laughs> something that you have something that yeah. someone has yeah something you have Some, something that you have that, that uh, <laughs> someone else might yeah. take away from you mm-hmm Hero's always the one who's jealous of his yeah. his relationship with Toru. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But everybody else is usually envious of everybody else. Like, that's kind of how it is. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, he's he's envious of what Yuki has. And so, like, they they still end up having, like, a big fight at the end. But then they're kind of, like, they have their, like, I wanted to be you and I wanted to be you moment. Which mm-hmm. really defines, like, their the conflict they've had since they were children. Like, it's not yeah. stated explicitly in the series, but it's, like, they had their moment where Yuki wanted to be friends with him and Kyo was like I hate you because you have he has he says to Kyoko like oh he like he's a bad guy he's a jerk and he has all this stuff and like he has parents everybody loves him and stuff which isn't true mm-hmm. was never true um and then Yuki is kind of like uh, Yuki's jealous of Kyo for being able to be so free with his feelings and being able to connect with people he feels like he can't do that so mm-hmm. they both grow in the end but yep <laughs> I'm just really confused because this note says change for motivation. It's Yuki's garden in here, which is really weird. That's really <laughs> <weird. Just> like, <laughs> it's funny. They could just copy it wrong. Yeah, he's really, um, he's really <laughs> envious of Yuki's garden. garden. <laughs> <laughs> Yuki's garden should have come back at the end. He's like, I want strawberries. He was probably just too busy with like student council stuff to like plant his <laughs> yeah he strawberries. Yeah. to plant his garden again. Halfway through the season, he's like, oh fuck. Oh, fuck. <laughs> plants are dead. <laughs> I do love how he was briefly, like, trying to help the gardening club. I thought that was cute in the mm-hmm. student council stuff. That was also just recently reprised in the anime, so. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Anyway, Kyo, Kyo. So, they <laughs> they have their fight, and then Kyo gets his shit together eventually. I love how we also just had the, um, 
parent-teacher conferences and like in the anime and Cosmo was like I want to hear from you what your thing is and then we just got the scene like a couple chapters ago where he's like um talking he told Cosmo that he it's like in the background where there's some narration and stuff on top and he told Cosmo that he wanted to take over the dojo and stuff it's just really cute now that like to see mm-hmm. that again yeah Kyo's kind of like third act of it first it's like I want to beat Yuki. Then it's like, I want to be with Toru. His third mm-hmm. act of, of motivation only happens right at the end of the story where he's like, I mm-hmm. want to be, I want to like live in the world. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of like what Yuki just said. Yeah, actually, it's like, too. Uh, it's kind of interesting because his like character kind of like plateaus for a while because yeah. he's kind of gotten like as far as he actually can go. He thinks that at he's that gonna point. be confined. So. Yeah, because he thinks he's going to be confined. So at the point he's just like, I'm accepting my future. I want to, you know, be a better person and spend the time I can with Toru, yes. which you know is like, as far as you know, he is concerned, like peak maturity. Like, yeah. What more can you expect from him at that point? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he sees it as like the end of his like that's all he can do in his life. It's like his yeah. life ends mm-hmm. at high school, which is a sad thought. So yeah. <laughs> so then after that, so it's not until like uh, Toru returns the feelings that it starts pushing him to have to confront other aspects of his life mm-hmm. yes yeah for sure and that doesn't really happen until like the last like i don't know 10 chapters or something yeah maximum so it's his yuki's been you know yuki continues to kind of grow throughout the series until the very mm-hmm. end his final act is like getting telling toru how he feels about her but like that's been like a steady like incline of growth but you're right kyo kind of like stops for a while and He's just, like, being a good Kyo while Toru deals with her shit, yeah. basically, in the, that part of the series. Like, he just kind of shows up a lot and is, like, being nice to her. Like, that's kind of mm-hmm. what's, you know, like, post, like, school trip-ish. Yeah. That's yeah, kind of what like, happens. Yeah, he's a, just trying to, you know, be a better person, support Toru, and spend time with her. So. Mm-hmm. And, like, he gets the, like... And, yeah, and, like, he talks to her about her dad, her feelings about her dad, which nobody else really knows about in the story. Mm-hmm. Um... You know, like, yeah, he just kind of tries to be, like, a good dude and nice to Toru. And that's, like, mm-hmm. mostly what he does in the back half of the story. Yeah. Um, until the very end, and then he's like, I want to... Here, I thought about all this stuff. We talked about how he uh, is like, come live with me. And she's like, yeah. And he's like, wait. <laughs> like, <laughs> sure. But um, he, he had... He presented a very well-thought-out plan. It's like, yeah. And then also while she's in the hospital, his friend, her friends are always like... Like, Uo and Hana are like, you need to deal with your own shit. And he's like, you're right, I do have shit to deal with. And he goes and, like, yeah. talks to his father, and he, like, does all of this stuff. Like, he's clearly been thinking about things since then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, he makes some plans and yeah. presents them and that's in a logical like, way. Yeah, and that's, like, all the stuff, like, he thought he had no chance of changing, exactly. so he didn't bother with it until that point. But he's just like, yeah, if I want to do this, I've got to tackle these other things, so... Mm-hmm. So yeah, so Kyo gets some extra growth right at the end. He gets an extra growth spurt. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, it's um, it's nice as a overall character. I think he he does also he gets a big big change from the beginning, and it's nice to see. We talked about how Kyo and Toru accept each other's like the things that they think are the worst things about themselves, mm-hmm. and we get to see that in this story too. Kyo also has these really great lines. So one of the questions that's coming up in our uh, listener questions is like the lines that are your favorite and Kyo has one of the ones where he's like love is like not loving someone just what's in front of you but like their past and like the future with them as well and I think that's a good Mm -hmm. good kind of like you know synopsis of where Kyo ends up with his relationships and stuff at the end of the series and it's a good quote yeah 
Yeah. Okay. Any other things you want to say about Kyo? He's great and has orange hair. Yeah. <laughs> yes. He has cat-like orange reflexes. Orange. <laughs> <laughs> Kyoko would rub his head and say orange. Yeah. Orange. yeah. <laughs> so the next one I have on my list is Momiji. Let's talk about him. He gets a lot of growth in the back half of the series, too. Or, like, maybe not a lot of growth, but, like, a lot of scenes in the back half of the series. Yeah. Say. Not as many as we would like, of course, which we talked about mm-hmm. before, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah. His stuff is more, like, like he starts off fairly mature. Yes. So it's more, like, revelations of his inner thoughts rather than, like, growth. Yeah, he doesn't really change mm-hmm. very much. Um, mm-hmm. Like, the main change is, like, he clearly has feelings for Toru, and then he gets jilted later. Mm-hmm. Um... <laughs> And also, he well, he's one of the first people who the curse breaks for, so yeah, um, that's probably like a major. I guess it's kind of an outside influence. It's not like his personal growth, but it changes how he perceives things a lot. I think yeah, that happens much later in the series. Yeah, it kind of gives him like a smaller version of the like of like Kyo's whole like, oh, my future is a little different than I thought it was. Mm-hmm. I should work on that kind of thing. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Because his goal, of course, was to become a, like, a violinist and, like, I, I don't know, he, I don't know if it's explicit, but he seems to want to, like, be able to connect with Momo and stuff like that, too. Like, he seems mm-hmm. to have these goals. Yeah, because, like, the way he, yeah, the way he phrases his, like, goal is that he wants to, like, have a concert and invite his family. Right, yes. So. And so, like, then toward the end of the series, then once his, um, when the curse breaks for him, he goes, there's the scene with his mom where it's almost like mm-hmm. we interpreted him kind of like saying goodbye and like he's moving on from that part of his life. It seems like he jokes at the end when he's talking to Harvin that he's going to like find like the best girlfriend and then bring her back and show her off and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like he seems to have a goal of like trying to go and like basically like create the like family that he he can't really have and have yeah. the support that he doesn't have, which is depressing mm-hmm. in and of itself. But Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, another kind of, like, yeah, just needs to get out of the Soma mm-hmm. <laughs> circle. And... <laughs> he's one of the first, like, I mean, he says to Akito directly, like, yeah, I don't know about this, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, for sure. If he can get out of the family, then it seems like he has an opportunity to have a, a great life ahead of him. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Next up, I have Kisa. If you don't have anything mm-hmm. to say about Momiji, which I don't think we do. So Kisa and Hiro, Hiro changes a little bit in later story, but Kisa particularly kind of has a, like, basically a little tiny, teeny, tiny arc in the story. Like, she comes back a lot, but not her, she as a character doesn't really change very much. So mm-hmm. her her goal seemed to be to be more courageous and be around other people. There's actually a couple little moments now that I think about it where she's, like, with Kyo, like, when mm-hmm. she's like, oh, he said hi to me and stuff like that. and yeah. Those are really cute. They're really cute, and I think that that's, like, supposed to be representing that, where she's kind of scared of... I think she's kind of... She's shy around everybody, but she's particularly afraid of Kyo for some reason, so... Yeah, because, like, like in the early stuff, where she's, like, scared or whatever. Here would be, like, stop intimidating Kisa. He's like, I'm not doing anything. anything. Yeah. <laughs> but then when um when they come visit... They come to visit Toru, like, unexpectedly or whatever, and he finds mm-hmm. them, and he's like, what are you doing? And she's like, um, hi. And he's like, hi? Like... Mm-hmm. But, and then when he leaves, he says to Hiro, like, oh, he said hi to me or whatever. And it's like, it clearly means a lot to her. And I think it was hard mm-hmm. for her to do that. So, yeah. Yeah. So a little bit. It seems like she, it also seems like she's like targeting like Kyo for that because she knows he's important to Toru. Yeah. That's so true. So it's like, she's like, I want to be friends with this person <laughs> who Toru is close to. Everyone can see their relationship. Yeah. <laughs> 
and they're okay with that as yuki said <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes yeah it's nice and then of course mm-hmm. she when like hero's curse breaks she also has this scene where she's like oh but like you don't like to hate me for being cursed or whatever and he's like fuck no you know like yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> and i love how um they have it seems like she spends time a lot with hero and his little sister and stuff like mm-hmm. it's real cute yeah and she like there's a scene where they're walking and she bought hinata a cd and whatever it's like mm-hmm. real cute so yeah she just continues to be like around the other time i always remember is when he she gives kyo the handkerchief when he like barfs after um, yeah <laughs> <laughs> talking to his dad mm-hmm. and i always i don't know like it's supposed to be a prominent scene that makes him think of toru but it's just funny because it's nice it's very sweet She's yeah funny. it is a thing that toru would do something that mm-hmm and see, think Yusa would do. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, and even in that, like, she's much less nervous, like, offering the handkerchief mm-hmm. than she was saying hi that first time a while ago. Yeah, so. it seems like she just doesn't really think about it. Like, Hiro's mm-hmm. sassing him, and she's, like, already digging around in her bag, you know, like, yeah. something, you know. She's mm-hmm. also a character, like, like not unlike Yuki, which they said, which he said during that, like, initial arc with her, that she's, like, kind of more, um, like, introspective and empathetic, just like Yuki, I think, so yeah get the same thing well yuki wouldn't give him a handkerchief i mean because <laughs> he's <Yeah>. an asshole <laughs> well he might but he'd like throw it at his face <laughs> be like clean your shit up <laughs> he's like and i don't want that back <laughs> yeah <laughs> burn that when you're done bye, bye. <laughs> you feel better now he would say yeah <laughs> also not unlike hero i think there's a bunch of scenes <laughs> with, like hero and yuki where they kind of like say the same things which is really funny <laughs> <laughs> It's like when Haru was like, well, this table will burn nicely for barbecue. Yeah. And they're like, what? <laughs> that was a good time. <laughs> uh, speaking of Hero, we can talk about him in more detail now. Mm-hmm. So his goal, of course, that was set earlier on was to become a more empathetic person because he he did things in a way that impacted Kisa. Like when he told, um, you know, told Akito about their feeling, his feelings for her without thinking about how that would impact her. But I mean, mm-hmm. whatever, he didn't know because he's a tiny child. Yeah, I think that was more like... Like, he felt guilty about that, but he didn't realize that him pulling away because he felt guilty would mm-hmm. have such an impact on Kisa. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. She's basically like, I thought you hated me. And he's like, fuck no. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, they have that sweet scene. I forgot about that, where they're, mm-hmm. like, kind of walking down the street. And she's like, I just thought that he he tells Haru about Rin. That's when he kind of tells her, he tells him that he knows about, like, Rin yeah. and what she's doing and whatever. Then Kisa's that he is able to like finally apologize i guess to kisa about you know the way that he acted and stuff so yeah that's good it was good growth for him hero has a good growth arc in this series Mm -hmm. too more so than some other characters actually so yeah he becomes a good boy (laughs) yeah we said it (laughs) when he he showed up and he was being a brat and i like cut 50 percent of his dialogue because he was just being annoying but like (laughs) later he becomes such a nice he was such a good kid and a good older Mm -hmm. brother and yeah yeah yeah, and I like how, like, he's still, like, a brat while yeah. he's doing it. Like, we were just talking about the scene with the... With the handkerchief. With Kyo with, with Yeah, with Kyo, where he's just where he's just like, oh, you're being gross. Come on, let's help you clean no, it up. Yeah. Like, I'll do it myself. He's like, we're helping. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's still sassy, but, like, not, um, not, like, mean. He's just sassy, yeah. you know? He used to mm-hmm. be really, like... And I think a lot of the things yeah. that he did to Toru kind of, like... You know, we saw the beach arc, and then the stuff that he kind of says to her even later, where he's like, oh shit, I shouldn't have said that. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, he just doesn't think mm-hmm. <laughs> before he says the things. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> before he says the things. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I love his, like, dramatic despair when he, like, 
is mean to Toru and upsets Kisa. He's just like, why is this happening? Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's good. <laughs> He's like, why can't I shut the fuck up? I was like, yeah. you're 13. Like, you don't yeah. know. <laughs> it's okay, in like two years you won't, you'll be able to shut up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just called being, being 13. <laughs> But yeah, it's like middle school is rough for everyone. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> he's also a good brother, and he has these little, like, he's always playing with Hinata and stuff. And then the first time mm-hmm. that when he can, like, feel his curse break, that's like, immediately what he does is go and, like, hugs her and stuff. It's really cute. Yeah. Very sweet. Oh, it's cute. And then his mom is cute. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's probably here in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, let's talk about Haru. He's next on my list. So, right. Haru... We had said that it seemed like he's someone who's interested in taking care of others. Like, that seems to be his primary motivation. And particularly before the mid-series, it's Yuki. Because Rin basically had barely shown up, right? So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and he, yeah, he was also involved in, like, helping Kisa come back, um, go back, go back to school and, like, finding her and stuff. So, mm-hmm. we get to see his, not necessarily his relationship with Rin. I mean, it does change later and they spend more time together. But at first, it's, like, him trying to figure out like what's going on with her like at first he we just again saw in the anime like he is struggling with understanding if she really meant what she said or not right and then she kind of he realizes that that's not true and starts to try to like connect with her again and try to you know i don't know like reconnect or try to help her he can tell that she's doing something that's not good because yeah. at that point, Rin is, like, running around and trying to figure out how to break the curse and stuff, but she's, like, not going home and, like, you know, it doesn't seem like she's taking care of herself. I think he can probably tell that even at that point. Yeah. We see it, you know, come to a head later in this series, mm-hmm. but... And then he spends kind of the back half of the series just, like, being cool and being chill. Like, Haru doesn't yeah. really... He has a little bit of growth. Like, I guess he changes a little bit, but it's more, like, just the, like, drama of their, like, breakup, I guess. Like, it doesn't really yeah. change his personality or his perspective on life. Mm-hmm. He had that when he was, like, three or whatever. With yeah. Yuki. <laughs> it's a, yeah. It's like he's another one that's like, starts out the series pretty mature. Yeah, it's like him and Momiji, I guess, to a certain mm-hmm. extent. Yeah, because he, like, yeah, he'd already kind of had his, like, major issues mostly sorted when he was younger so and i think he has like he struggles a bit with akito like we saw the beach arc when akito was like asking him stuff and like trying to use the same old kind of like lines on him to try to control mm-hmm. him and he's like don't make fun of me or whatever like yeah he seems like he knows what the issues are um but he just kind of like shrugs it off or like kind of tries to you know like just not shake not rock the boat or whatever like it kind of mm-hmm. seems like that's the case I don't know. He never says that the curse like bothers him or anything like that. Um, mm-hmm. At least in high school, like at that that point in the story, in this timeline that we're seeing in the story, it bothered him yeah. as a child, but not so much. Yeah, it's like the curse itself doesn't impact his like most important relationships. Yeah, which are like with Yuki people who are also cursed, yeah. Yuki and Rin. So the yes. family shit affects it, but like yeah. the curse itself. Yes, it, like the family shit in the sense that like. He gets super pissed off at Akito, and he almost, like, punches her in the face in that one mm-hmm. um, scene, you know, when, uh, yeah. when Akito was, had locked up Rin, um, mm-hmm. which was reasonable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, the family stuff overall bothers him in the sense that, like, Rin is a target of Akito's abuse, and he says that, I think, during mm-hmm. the fight. And also, I think the things that, like, obviously, we just talked about how he went and visited Yuki a lot as a child. Like, I think the way that Yuki is treated also bothers him. But mm-hmm. he doesn't seem to, like, 
suffer very much in the family and whatever. Like, he's just, I guess they, you know, they tease him for being dumb or whatever, but it we don't see that impacting him that much in the current timeline in the story. So. Yeah. Yeah, he's mostly gotten over his, like, personal issues. His Most of his issues now are about, like, trying to protect the people he cares about. Mm-hmm. So, Which is hard. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, it's true. <laughs> he says so. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, like, his motivation doesn't really change in his character. Growth is, like, he. The, a couple things happen, but it's he basically stays the same as a character. Yeah. His perception of reality and his outlook on life basically stay the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, next on my list is Ritsu, which, who's <laughs> another character that also kind of stays the same. I mean, Ritsu seems to change yeah. a little bit, but not a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like his... He was, like, mostly a one-off. He comes back a couple of times, mm-hmm. briefly, but, like, his character growth was mostly in his intro chapters. Yeah, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like his character arc, if you if you call it that, is kind of unresolved. Like, he's pretty much in the same place, still trying to change, mm-hmm. but he does have the relationship yeah. with uh, Mitsuru, so. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> Shrug. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's sad. I wish there he's... was more with him, but, you know, whatever. Yeah, he's... Yeah, there's a lot of characters they can't all <laughs> Yes. <laughs> chapters and chapters of development. To start development, with 13 but... plus god characters plus other side characters. It's a little yeah. hard to fit all of them in. Mm-hmm. There's like 20 main characters in this story. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Ritsu gets a little uh, shoved to the side, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. He seems to be, you know, working at being more confident. Yeah. So. Seems like. Mm-hmm. The next I have Hattori. Soma, the night school doctor himself. Yes. <laughs> one more time. One more time for the night school doctor. So it's like we'll never know if he got the degree. <laughs> <laughs> well now he's like dating the teacher, so it's probably not uh an ethical not kosher. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so he's um so he we said originally his motivation was to protect the younger Junichi and Toru, which I think stands. Like it didn't really change he was mm-hmm. still sassy to Shigure toward the end of the series, and he's like, well, are you fucking happy now? You're going to get punched in the face and stuff like yeah. that. <laughs> but he didn't really do anything. It was just, like, something he tried early on to, like, get Toru to leave and stuff like that, but that didn't really mm-hmm. change. He's just kind yeah. of there being nice later in the story. Yeah, it feels like he was kind of, like, for the, like, first half of the story, he was mostly, like, can we not rock the boat, please? Yes, yeah. Um, and then the latter half, he's like, okay, maybe things should change, yeah. so I'll let Shigure do his Shigure stuff. You're like, Shigure, I'm fine with you rocking the boat. Just yeah. don't, don't come crying to me when someone punches you in the face, basically. Yeah. <laughs> My note says he patted Toru on the shoulder, because I think to, we're talking about how he's nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's an important gesture, obviously. And he pats Yuki on the head. He did! That's right, that happened after the mid-series special. That's a very important yeah. moment. <laughs> yeah, he ruffles Yuki's hair like a cute kid. They get to have their mm-hmm. little feelings resolved. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think they... Like, Yuki, obviously... I think that he didn't hate Hattori, but he was mad at him. But I think it was more like he was frustrated with the family, right? It wasn't really about him. Mm-hmm. And Hattori obviously felt fat, bad about it. So they had yeah. this kind of, like, I don't really want to deal with him, and, like, I'm embarrassed, or, like, I'm... Like mm-hmm. ashamed and don't want to deal with him, you know, situation. Yeah. So they had their moment to resolve their feelings, and that was nice. Mm-hmm. I forgot about yeah. that. But how could you forget? <laughs> <laughs> Hattori's such a nice character. It would be nice if he mm-hmm. was in more, but, you know, just can't. Yeah. But yeah, he got his uh, kind of development with uh, his relationship with Mayu, where he's, like, letting himself try to find happiness again. Yes. Mm-hmm. He's finally ready to try to yeah. find some, <laughs> go and get his happiness. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And they get <laughs> they get to um 
have their trip logi- most logically planned version of a vacation. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Start at the bottom and work your way up. Yeah. It's cute. Mm-hmm. So, it seems yeah. good. Because, like, yeah, because his whole thing, like, when he was introduced is basically, like, I had the thing, I had more happiness than most people could expect, so I don't really deserve to try and be happy again. <laughs> <laughs> so sad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And he, yeah, and I think he was just trying to, like, he's like, I tried to rock the boat one time, and, like, mm-hmm. I was grievously injured. And everyone got hurt. Yeah, everyone <laughs> yeah. I cared about was hurt by it. Because, like, Akito mm-hmm. was probably, I mean, if so, like, we don't really see Akito's perspective at that point, but if you look back on it and think about it, Akito was probably also, like, just as scared as, like, you know, all the yeah, other geniuses yes. leaving, too, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we only see it, like, because it's early on, we mm-hmm. only see it from, like, the scary Akito perspective, mm-hmm. but that had to have been a, a panic moment for Akito. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't, we never get that scene there gets revisited in the scary Akito face, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Only scary Akito face. So, like, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm sure she yeah. was terrified, too. I'm sure that Hattori recognized that, too. I'm sure mm-hmm. that he's just like, I'll just say, keep things the way they mm-hmm. are, and that won't shake things up, and nobody will get hurt, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, because Hattori's one of the ones we see, like, being more gentle with Akito. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, true. You picked her up. When she was yeah. crying. Mm-hmm. And um, it's one of those examples where you see the Junichi kind of like treating, remembering Akito like a child, only treating Akito like a child. Yeah. The, like that's the way that he treats her. Mm-hmm. But yeah. He's still there to, he tried to scare Toru away. <laughs> he mm-hmm. tried to not shake the boat back then, or rock, shake the boat, rock the boat. Yeah. <laughs> shake your trees and <laughs> catch some bees. <laughs> you don't shake the boat, baby. <laughs> <laughs> It doesn't seem to grow that much, but he's still there, and he's nice at the end, basically. Yeah. He's still there to Sashigure, which is important. Somebody mm-hmm. has to do it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Shall we talk about Ayame? He's sure. next. So, mm-hmm. in my list, at least. So, Ayame, we said during the Mystery Special that he was looking... His goal was to develop a, a better relationship with Yuki and make up for his shitty behavior in his youth. Mm-hmm. Which is still true. And he, he we finally got the scene with the, the girl that he was mean to in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like via Yuki, but yeah. So that finally happened after the mid series. We had been talking about it for a long time before that. It's implied for mm-hmm. a long time, or like spoiled. It yeah. has like a hints at it for a long time in the series. Yeah. Like the thing about Ayame is that he, for all of the like shitty behavior that he had in his youth, he basically was forgiven. Yuki forgave him and gave him another chance. And then the girl from high school was like, "Oh yeah, that was a weird thing that happened, but it's okay." Like. Mm-hmm you know, whatever, and she has, like, yeah. she moved on from it, so all the things that Ayame felt deeply, uh, deeply, you know, affected by in his youth, 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 in his youth, <laughs> he was, he's too youth, his youth, <laughs> he was forgiven for, right, so he was kind of mm-hmm. absolved of his past mistakes, mm-hmm. which I think lifted a weight off of his chest. Yeah, it's something, like, he was working toward, like, it's like the, um, the student, the uh, parent-teacher conferences happened after the mid-series yes, break, I think, so that was a big moment for him. Yes. And then, like, the moment where he kind of, like, like sort of realizes that he's forgiven is during that scene with where Yuki, like, ran into the girl, mm-hmm. and he tells the story, because at the end, he's like, I don't have to apologize to you, and he's like, for what, being insane? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he also, I think later, well, it's definitely after the mid-series, but we saw his full, like, confession to Mine, too. So he also had mm-hmm. the experience of, like, being the one whose feelings were on the line. Yeah. Uh, later on that we saw, so that also helped him grow, I guess. 
I think it's mm-hmm. like before the series starts or like you know sometime yeah. around the series starts but we see the flashback then so. mm-hmm. yeah yeah we kind of get like like he's mostly in the same place because he's you know just trying to be better mm-hmm. and is getting better at trying to be better <laughs> yeah um, uh, but we kind of get more context for like his motivations yeah it's almost like his character arc kind of began before the series too just like momiji mm-hmm. and uh hataru like yeah the thing about him is like we see it's like phase two when the series starts and he's like trying to like he he his feelings for mine help him realize all the shit that he did that was shitty before right mm-hmm. and then what we see is him trying to like be better so it's almost like it's like you know the second second half of his growth i guess yeah like, it's his phase yeah. two <laughs> or his yeah, act two, like as i said yeah like ayame is ayame and doesn't really change yes. in that perspective <laughs> but he gets better at like having an egalitarian <laughs> exchange with yuki yes. rather than just like bowling him over with his affections yes so. <laughs> and yuki also learns how to like accept him and handle him and just like yeah. accepts that he's just gonna like be that way and that also yeah. helps him be more comfortable, I think, when he's, like, dealing with Ayame, too. Like, he kind of mm-hmm. learns how to... Yuki learns how to deal with other people, and Ayame learns how to deal with other people. It's a little bit different mm-hmm. for both of them, but... Yeah, and it's something that, like, Ayame says himself, is the, like... The, like, you have qualities that I admire, yeah. and I have qualities that, like, you don't have, like, that kind of thing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, Ayame. Let's talk about Shigure, my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> In the mid-series special, we said his his motivation was who the fuck knows, but I think yeah. we know now, like, his... I mean, I think we just couldn't talk about it very much because it had been talked yeah. about, but, like, we, we couldn't really say without spoiling at that point that mm-hmm. his motivation was to rekindle, I guess, his his relationship with Akito. So mm-hmm. he had an individual sort of relationship that was different than the other Junishi with Akito, and at some point, it was around when, like, Hattori and Kana were dating, which is like a couple, like a couple years before the story starts or something. I forget exactly what the timeline is, but it's before the story starts um, because that's when he was dating Maiko, right? So mm-hmm. he, at some point in the past, they, you know, like something happened where Akito and Shigure were not an an item anymore. Like I mm-hmm. guess is it when Akito slept with Kareno? The timeline isn't super mm-hmm. clear. Yeah, yeah, it seems to be that like. Akito slept with Kareno, and then Shigure slept with Ren. Yes. <laughs> and then Akito kicked him out of the main house. Yes. <laughs> and he's like, okay. You're like, fine. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> and she's like, wait. But then he still has feelings for her, yeah. so it's it becomes a whole complicated mm-hmm. mess, yes? Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, so we decided in the Mitchell special, he has, he's made allusions to having a goal and is willing to do questionable things to do it, so he's, do, he's basically willing to do whatever it takes to, like, get Akito back to... It's like not get a keto back, but like have an indiv- a singular relationship with a keto where there aren't mm-hmm. other people that are competing for affection. From yeah, her. it's like he wants to like kind of get a keto like past this like desperately clinging to the zodiac thing, which which could be like I think you can have varying interpretations on like how selfish that motivation is because mm-hmm. I think you can you could interpret that he like is doing it because it's good for Akito. Yes. And also for everyone else. That's what people try to convince me, yes. <laughs> and could also say that it's, like, he just, you know, completely wants Akito to himself. Yeah. And I think it's a little of both. It is. Uh, I think the, um, like, the scenes we get later on where, like, he seems so frustrated with Akito's, mm-hmm. like, behavior does make it seem like 
like he wants her to grow as a person and get past all this. That's so not just totally like he wants her to himself. It's that he wants her to be better. Yeah. He <laughs> wants her to be a more you know, be more like confident with herself, like to not have to mm-hmm. be worried about it's like to not yeah, not be clinging to like this like, you know, theoretically manufactured relationship with um the Junishi. He wants her to I guess feel like you know that his he has like genuine theoretically genuine affection for her she doesn't yeah. need like as a person as a not person. as god yeah yeah <laughs> so you have all these people who are like fawning all over her and can't do can't go against anything that she says and shigure is like well like i have to be the one who's like no so that maybe you start to realize that this is like fake or whatever i guess like i don't know but yeah um or at least unhealthy yeah for sure fake yeah yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Sleeping with like, <laughs> but it's like, yeah. So Karino, it's to do doing all these things to try to keep the keep. It's like Akito thinks that she should have. Akito thinks that she should have the, everyone's love unconditionally, but then yet is so scared that they won't love her that then she turns to things like abuse and mm-hmm. you know like sleeping with people to try to like keep that affection when it seems like it's changing. Yeah. So. Shigeru is like, okay, you want to kick me out? I'm not just going to, like, you know, hang out while you do all this other shit, so. Yeah. He definitely wants her to change, and I think he thinks, like, breaking the curse, like, you know, having the curse be broken is a way of doing that, because then they won't have, she won't have that, like, the pressure of, like, needing to keep that relationship. I wonder if Shigeru knows about the, um, the, the bet that Akito made with Ren. I don't know if that's, anybody knows that yeah, from them. Know. Mm-hmm. Because I think one of the reasons Akito was so stubborn about letting them go, especially toward the end, was because of the bet. She wanted to prove that Ren mm-hmm. was wrong. Right? Yeah. It seems like Shigeru doesn't know about that. There's never any mention of that in the yeah. series. I think he just knows that she hates yeah, it feels Ren. Like, that's why he's yeah, not with like her. He knows, you know? Yeah, it's like he knows there's you know serious antagonism there, which is like why he specifically <laughs> slept with Ren rather than someone else to yeah. make his point. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I don't even know if he knows the the depth of the <laughs> the hate there. Yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't know if Akito would tell him that. It mm-hmm. doesn't seem like their relationship is like that, but like I don't know. Mm-hmm. Not at that point, anyway. No. But it also seems. But like they've known each other since they were children, so like maybe mm-hmm. she said something before. Like I don't know. Yeah, it feels like that happens. The bet happens after Shigure leaves the main house, though. Yeah, because she's like, oh, hey, so, because she, yeah. even Shigure so, left yeah. you, and Akito is like, mm-hmm. fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so he probably doesn't know that because, like, I don't think Akito would be telling him anything like that at that time. Yeah. And, no, like, yeah, Ren yeah, yeah. might, but he doesn't spend that much time around Ren. <laughs> That's right. So it probably was, like, right before mm-hmm. the series or, like, right after it starts. I was going to say, like, mm-hmm. the clothes that Akito is wearing reminds me of something that Akito wears during the story. So it mm-hmm. seems like it happened maybe during the story, during the time mm-hmm. of the story, um, but definitely, like, probably toward the beginning or whatever. Yeah, it seems like it, seems like it happens not that long before um, Shigure comes to ask about Toru staying. Yeah. Like, the way it's framed in the story, because, like, they showed the bed, and then, like, Shigure's like, oh, I want to ask you about uh, these people staying with me, and you see Akito like smirk. Akito's like, yeah, no like problemo. It, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, so it seems like that probably doesn't happen very long before that. Right. Yeah, Akito, it's like perfect opportunity to prove Ren wrong, mm-hmm. which doesn't go the way that she planned, but you know, whatever. <laughs> no. Mm-hmm. Well, none of this goes the way that anybody planned. I feel like that's no. the... <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. All in all with Shigure, his, 
his arc, I guess, is kind like of... he sums up his arc as saying uh, he's learned to compromise mm-hmm. <laughs> a little, <laughs> a little, yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think he's just kind of like, well, the things happened; it didn't go the way that I wanted, but like mm-hmm. I have what I want, and like Akito's mm-hmm. Akito is changing, and like the family's changing for the better. Like probably this is for the best. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I do think we see him being a little more like maybe I shouldn't be doing this. Like toward the end, mm-hmm. like becoming a little more hands off with his like manipulations yeah like doesn't visit akito very much toward the end of the series mm -hmm. yeah because like you know around the mid-series break we had him like actively like manipulating akito to come to the beach house Mm -hmm. and stuff like that that's Um, true i think he become like starts feeling a little more guilty over some of the (laughs) results of (laughs) stuff he's done and so starts like kind of stepping a little back on that which i think is he phrases as learning to compromise yeah he also like like, we see that scene of him with Akito. I think it's right before Haru comes, too. Um, isn't it? There's, like, a scene where he visits Akito, and he, then he goes in the hallway. It is, actually, it's when Haru's... No, no, no. Is it when Haru... No, no, no. It's Karino who comes in. Never mind. <laughs> Sorry. I got it. <laughs> I was like, it's one of the three... One of the older people. But, um, it's... I think it's around that time, and Akito... Shigure has his fight with Akito, and he's sassy, and then he goes in the hall, and he just kind of is just, like, looks super, like, done with it. We talked about that. Yeah. I think, like, mm-hmm. that's one of the last times, probably that we mm-hmm. see them together before, like, she comes to the house, before she comes to Shigeru's yeah. house. So, yeah, it's... Yeah, he, he does stop kind of doing things so directly later in the series. Mm-hmm. You're right. It's a good point. But it's too late. The wheel's already mm-hmm. in motion, right? Yeah. It's okay. He, he did get what he wanted in the end, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> in theory. I don't know. I don't know what, but, what about this is a compromise. He's with Akito. Like, I don't know. I think it's more that he's just, like... Like, I'll take what I can get at that point, <laughs> rather than, like, being, like, actively, like, I'm going to try and get this exactly how I want it. Like, Yeah, I guess. Because mm-hmm. even the, the, like, Hattori directly asked him, like, if things turned out the way he wanted, and he's like, kind of? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I just wonder, in what way is it a kind of? Like, he got, mm-hmm. the you know, the curse broken, he's with Akito. Yeah. I guess, like, maybe Akito's kind of a different person. Like, Akito's... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's like so. like he got his end goal, but it didn't happen the way he, he wanted. expected it to. Yeah. So it got a little messier than <laughs> he maybe planned. <laughs> I feel like he wanted to have like more of a hand in changing things too, and it really wasn't him that did anything. I guess mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, like basically, yeah, all he did was make Akito really mad. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know that he, what he did. I mean, he brought like he brought Toru into the situation. He like did stir mm-hmm. things up and try to encourage people to like encourage you know like yuki and kyo to for example like have make new connections and Mm -hmm. he seemed to have an idea of how that would change the curse like he had a hunch about that yeah and that definitely seemed to work but maybe Mm -hmm. he yeah in his little like a little bit yeah yeah in his little like sort of collaboration with rin (laughs) (laughs) yeah i don't know if i would call it that but yeah i love the moment where like kyo or not rin uh shigure and rin and toru all realize they're all doing the same thing yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think Shigeru's reaction in that scene is funny. Yes. I think that's kind of one of the like moments where he's like, things are not as in control as I thought. Uh oh. Like, yeah. Like, wait, wait, wait. You like Kyo? It's like shit. That wasn't part of the yeah. plan. <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Mm-hmm. So, anyway. Yeah. He's interesting. He's interesting. Don't worry. Yeah. We'll talk about him again in a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about Rin. Um, mm-hmm. So Rin is the next one in my list. So Rin had only been around kind of like the beach house and stuff and mm-hmm. and had had a couple scenes with like Shigure and 
Yeah, she was still being mysterious. She was. <laughs> and, yeah, I have in my list off-puttingly sexual way that she interacted with Shigure. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> of course, that didn't mean anything in the end, right? So, yeah. she was just trying to get information from him. Yeah. She's just really desperate for information. Mm-hmm. So much so that she, like, passed out in the ho- in the Soma house and stuff like that. Like, yeah. you know, barked all over the floor, etc. Um, yeah. <laughs> Almost died. No big deal, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, almost died again. Yes, multiple times. <laughs> it's always it's so sad. We talked about it at the time how like Ren is able to manipulate her into going to take the box. Like, yeah. So like, yeah, if you bring it to me, I'll tell you how to break the curse. And it's like, of course, nobody knows. But Ren mm-hmm. believed her. That always it makes me so sad. <laughs> yeah, Ren is a good Rin. Just like everybody else in the series, Ren is like a good girl <laughs> deep down inside. You yeah. know, <laughs> she's like sassy, yeah, but she I wants think. the best. Yeah, she probably has the worst go of it. I think so. Like, of any character. <laughs> like, her arc, it's like, she doesn't really change. She's actually kind of a flat character now that I think about it. It's just like, all of this shit happens to her. And like, mm-hmm. her, I guess her yeah. growth is kind of more about well, the kind of learns. Yeah. yeah, she learns to like, open up. Yeah. And like, allow herself to be helped by others. Yeah, that's true. Like, mm-hmm. Previously, the only it's person like, was Like, that's her whole thing when she like, yeah, when she like, lets herself cry to Toru. She says, like, I'm sorry, I'm going to lean on you, or whatever. Yes. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. You should have just cried to her a long time ago, or whatever. Like, she yeah. us. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, then they find out they have the same goal, and then they, like, kind of team up. It's great. BFFs. Yes. Even though Rin doesn't <laughs> want to admit it. Yeah. <laughs> she aggressively doesn't want to no. admit it. <laughs> but there's, like, multiple <laughs> scenes where she's, like, somewhat violently, like, <laughs> Pushing, pushing Toru off, and people are like, I guess they're friends. Yes. <laughs> I think the people who know, know, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, um, Cosmo's always smiling. Yeah. He's like, oh, it's so He's cute. Like, oh, oh, chill yeah. <laughs> While Toru's, Toru's being, like, aggressively no or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they have a good relationship. Toru is able to, like, get her to open up and stuff. Mm-hmm. That's cute. It brings her jet pudding, or whatever, jello. Yeah. <laughs> and of Haru being so happy that she's made a friend. Yes. <laughs> like, even Rin can know the warmth of friendship, and she's like, shut up! Yeah. <laughs> she definitely doesn't want to admit that they're friends, even though they're definitely friends. And she definitely yeah. is, like, nice to her. She seems to have a good relationship still with Kagura at the end of the series, too. So Yeah. Tori's like, I made you this friendship bracelet. And she's like, that's stupid. Okay, I'll take it back. No, I'm keeping it forever. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Rin learns how to be more vulnerable. Also, she ends up getting back together with Haru, and, like, they have their, you know, little thing, so. Mm-hmm. I guess it's all about her being more vulnerable and realizing that she can't do things by herself and, like, trying to, you know, accepting the yeah. help from other people and whatever, so. Mm-hmm. Just accept it. Friends are there to help you. I think she had kind of, like, like similar fears to Yuki in that, like, feeling like she only ever, like, takes from people and has mm-hmm. to depend on people, which is why she's trying to, like, put everyone off and do things by herself. Yeah, that's true. To her very much own detriment. Yes, <laughs> yes, that's true. Mm-hmm. For sure. She thinks, like, she has all these, when she's thinking about Haru, she's always thinking, like, Haru, you're, like, too nice to me. Like, all I do is, you know, like, take from you or hurt you or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're better off without me. And that's, yeah, and that's, like, why she directly compares, like, Haru and Toru, because she's like, oh, people like that yeah. get taken advantage of by people like me, mm-hmm. but... I was like, no, it's just... No, it's not true! Having a supportive friendship. (laughs) (laughs) 
Plus, I would say, like, Rin helps Toru and stuff. Like, you know, she yeah. probably doesn't <laughs> think it, but she does. Because mm-hmm. she's someone who they can, she can talk about the curse with. I mean, she has, like, Uo and Hana, but they become very, like, very minor characters later in the story. Like, they're kind of just there for, like, um, you know, there's the time where Toru gets kind of upset about everything that's going on and goes to, like, spend the night at Hana's and stuff. Like, after the yeah. Kareno stuff. After Kareno tells her about Akito and that his curse is broken and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, really there's nobody else that she can talk to about the curse. Like, yeah, she's not going to talk to Yukin Kyo about it. And she tried to talk to Shigeru, but we see her, like, struggle with that multiple times. So Rin is yeah. the only one. They have that connection. So, mm-hmm. You want to talk about Kareno next? Convenience saddest, saddest superhero of all time. <laughs> sad bird. Yeah, sad bird. <laughs> we said in the mid-series that his goal, his motivation seemed to be to remain by Akito's side, but I think that that's not necessarily true in the later half. Like, by the later half of the series, mm-hmm. he's like, I gotta get the fuck out of here or Akito's never gonna change, right? Mm-hmm. And he does manage to do that at the very end of the story. Yeah, it's like his motivation the whole time is to support Akito in some way. Yeah. But it's like, in the back half, he realizes that he needs to leave to do that best. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. And then he does. He gets slightly less sad. <laughs> <laughs> he gets a GF, a controversial GF, a state of a horse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look how happy they are. <laughs> it's fine, whatever. Mm-hmm. Listen. I covered the warnings up front. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's fiction. Don't treat it as a guidebook. <laughs> yeah, if you're listen, if you're a 28 year old man out there, don't go to a 16 year old question mark. <laughs> yeah, if you're a 28 year old man who's been isolated your entire <laughs> life, devoted to a god in human form, <laughs> who barely lets you leave, <laughs> yep. don't fall in love with the convenience store girl. <laughs> there are other girls. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> That's my advice. <laughs> like it's projection that sounds very specific <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about akito how about we talk about akito we get mm-hmm. probably the most happens to akito in the second half of the mm-hmm. story so akito we said in the first half in the mid-series special is the god of the zodiac and the desire is her desire was to keep well and we referred to her as, as him at that point i'm sure because i think the gender reveal is later right akito's desire seems to be keep all the Junishi together and keep everything the same. That was what we had last seen at the end of the beach arc, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that was really, like, at that point was the first time we really had any, like, yeah. real look at Akito's perspective. That's true. she'd mostly just been scary villain in the shadows <laughs> up to that point. Hanging out with Shiguri in the shadows. Yeah. <laughs> in a sexy way. <laughs> <laughs> but everyone was like, Suspicious because none of the character, all the character pairs and pairings in in Furupa are super heteronormative, so it couldn't Akito yeah. couldn't be a man. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Akito has this. So basically, all of Akito's stuff happens in the second half of the series. Yeah, because we get to see more. Like first, it starts off with the Kureno, like Kureno's interaction and like store. You know, Shigure is like there are like love tri- triangle question marks. Not really a love triangle. <laughs> Their sexy times triangle? Is that a thing? <laughs> <laughs> Their relationship triangle. <laughs> and also, like, we, Ren is introduced as a character in the second half of the stories, too. So we see all of Akito's, like, issues with Ren and, yeah. and Akira. So, mm-hmm. you know, all of them. All of those issues. <laughs> all of the issues. Literally all of the issues. <laughs> I think, like, we because of the later half of the series, it paints the curse in a whole new light. I mean, I think, like, the first half we see the curse is, like, isolating and... 
makes the Junishi to be like these sort of others. Um, they're treated separately from other people, right? And then they're always concerned about being found out and that that's going to like out them for who they really are and that that is what motivates a lot of their actions. But then what seems to be the case is like the bond is really beyond that. And then we mm-hmm. see like the original Zodiac story later in the series too that kind of shows how it all started. Yeah. So. But yeah, I think some of the more interesting things that happen with Akira are like when Akira, the debates between like Akira and Ren, and then like the way the family treats Akito. Like when we mm-hmm. see all the stuff with the maids, like manipulating her as a child to be yeah. like, you're the leader of the family and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's like everything we see about Akito's past explains Akito perfectly. Yeah, pretty much. Like, <laughs> like it's like, oh, I see. I, I understand. I now. see how this happened. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and like, the cool thing about Akito is, like, at the end of the story, like, obviously she's not perfect, but, like, mm-hmm. she's trying to really change things in the family, which is nice. Yeah. Multiple times she tried to she tried to talk to the maid, but the maid won't have mm-hmm. it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's nice that, like, like how, like, yeah, her desire for, like, the first half of her arc is, like, trying to keep the, the Junishi, you know, close and isolated and the same and everything, but then, like, after her development, she changes to, like, trying to protect their ability to like be people yes <laughs> and like yeah and like she like obviously is like dedicating herself to being a, a good head of the family and trying to keep her her zodiac safe yes. like <laughs> yeah it changes from like trying to keep them all isolated and together to just like caring about them as people and trying to make sure they have like they can do what they want and like go where they want and stuff like that mm-hmm. trying to right the wrongs of the family yeah so it's like she goes from like goes to like trying to like protect their ability to do what she feared mm-hmm. at the beginning yep that's true it's a full mm-hmm. 360 180 180 <laughs> <laughs> i know what numbers are okay <laughs> it's like oh, she'd be back where she started <laughs> like, actually it changed my mind and- she's like actually yeah everyone has to stay Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> oh on a random note i love how like hana and, uh, hana and akito become friends <laughs> like yeah <laughs> There was that author's note that said that even Takaya didn't know they would become friends or something. <laughs> yeah. It's cute. I love Kyo with, like, with Hana being, like, she's, like, friends with everybody. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> she's, like, hanging out with Akito at his dad's house. Yes. <laughs> hanging out and she shows. Exactly, yes. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, she was there. Speaking of Hana, I wasn't trying to, but this is a good segue into Uo and Hana, so... <laughs> I think we said in the mid-series special, I'd probably say the same thing now. It's like, they don't grow very much. Like, they don't change. I just said it. But, like, let's give us... Let's have a little chat about them. So, <laughs> at the mid-series, Uo had her little, like, thing with Karino. It hadn't gone anywhere yet. And I think even... They hadn't, um... There had... Toru hadn't tried to, like, sneak in and do things. And they didn't have... Mm-hmm. So, Toru Cinderella hadn't happened yet. So, um... Yeah. Wait, doesn't Toru bring him bring the DVD, sort of Cinderella DVD for him when she sneaks in? No, it's no time. Okay, she sneaks in to twice. Give her yeah. number. <laughs> no, I think she yeah, gives the first the time. Luigi. I think that that's what happens. Wait, she sneaks in twice, doesn't she? Oh no, no, no. No, um, no I was just thinking of the meeting. Later oh on. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that wasn't inside the family. Mm-hmm. That was yeah. when she created the first her time. She's sneaking in just to yeah. yeah. She gives him her yeah, number. Yeah, first time she's sneaking in to like yeah confirm that. This is the crano that Uo was talking about. <laughs> Give him Uo's number. Yes. Or address, whatever it was. Yes. That's right, he brings a DVD back to her. And then with the phone mm-hmm. number and whatever. Yeah. 
yeah, it was her Twitter handle. Come on. I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Uo has her relationship with Kareno, which continues. Um, and they're able to get together at the end of the series, which is nice, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever. You're into it. And then yeah. uh, <laughs> Hana, and, Hana doesn't. It's like in universe. It is yeah, nice. in universe is nice. They seem happy. Um, <laughs> Hana hasn't. Hana hasn't really changed very much. She just has, like, whenever I think of Hana, I always think of her, like, funny moments. So there's, like, sort of Cinderella where she's, like, eating the yakiniku on stage. And then, like, they had their, yeah. like, Kyo- uh, Kyoto, like, school trip where she they insist on eating snacks, which is wonderful. Um, and then they, most recently, of course, like, her thing with, like, m- moving in with Shisho and whatever. So we talked mm-hmm. about that already. But pretty great. Yeah. I think her most prominent, like, serious moment is her, like, like you're going to take her away mm-hmm. conversation with Kyo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hana and Uo get their um, get their little chance to sass Kyo and be like take mm-hmm. care of her and then yeah let her go yeah Uo and Hana another you know most of their development happened before the series mm-hmm. which we see in flashbacks so. yeah, all their middle school times yep yes but we had already seen that before the mid series mm-hmm. the next character I have on my list Shisho Cosmosoma mm-hmm. who yeah still continues to be better. <laughs> yeah basically. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about how his motivation was to protect Kyo from confinement, which is the same at the end. Like, mm-hmm. he's also a static character. He's a background character. But he is great every single time he's yeah. there, which we mm-hmm. talked about. We just talked about how great he is in the anime episode that we did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we just get more of him, like, his determination to protect Kyo. Mm-hmm. Like, and also his, like, you know, acceptance of Kyo's plan for the future and whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Being motivated to become the best grandpa. I mean... <laughs> yes. <laughs> so... He continues to be a good character. Mm-hmm. So that was everybody that we had met, other than Kyoko, which we'll talk about later. That was everyone we had met in the mid-series. And then we started to meet on the student council, who I have also have gathered here in this list. <laughs> gathered here, too. Yeah. Maybe we'll do Kimi and Nao first, because they don't, also don't really change. But I do love yeah. how Kimi had her, like, uh, shoujo flashback. <laughs> yeah. That's good, another Kimi, so. Yeah. Kimi's great. Yes. <laughs> I don't think I properly appreciated Kimmy when I first Oh, I definitely didn't. But I properly appreciate her now. Yeah. <laughs> She's hilarious. Like, I just yeah. did, definitely didn't appreciate and very much enjoy mm-hmm. <laughs> Kimmy, having Kimmy around. Yeah. And then now is always just there to be annoying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He had a little bit of development because we saw oh, his, yeah, his like, confession. Uh, yeah, his confession to uh, Motoko. Motoko. <laughs> <laughs> I also had to think about it. It's fine. <laughs> I also put Mutoko on this list, and then I was like, no, 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 it's fine. She doesn't need to be yeah. chatted about very much. Yeah. She has her little growth with Yuki and mm-hmm. stuff, too, and has her, like, her confession as well, but it's like, I'm glad that we met or whatever, and thank you for mm-hmm. being around, which was probably nice. Yeah. yeah. It was good. We talked about it at the time. It's fine. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, let's talk about, let's do Kakiru and then Machi. So Kakiru, okay. we had just met him. It's a very right before the mystery special, probably, or right before the beach arc. Mm-hmm. But and we talked about it a little. When we talked about Yuki because they kind of like you know Kakiru doesn't really have a growth arc without Yuki, but mm-hmm. just about them becoming friends and how they he learns from Yuki to be more empathetic and yeah. And then we of course yeah. learned that uh, his girlfriend Komaki's father was the one who was driving the car that hit uh, Kyoko. Yeah, and he was an asshole to Toru. <laughs> Yes, he was. Not unlike mm-hmm. the way that Iyame was an asshole. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> they're the same person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was an asshole to Toru. He, doesn't he go and apologize? He went and he... Uh, Toru comes back, comes up to him 
when mm-hmm. she like finally re- realizes where she remembers him from mm-hmm. and like apologizes for not recognizing him and then he like apologizes for saying mm-hmm. what he said being an asshole yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah it's interesting how after that scene she like again she is upset she said that she was upset because she felt like her mom was slipping away not because of like what happened or whatever mm-hmm. right it's a little moment that's kind of an interesting one in the story yeah um but yeah he seems i think he did it's not very obvious that he changes but i think he's he's trying to change mm-hmm. it's i feel like his character doesn't yeah he's um you know. yeah i feel like most of his like changes internal like his mm-hmm. outward like action like the way he acts outwardly doesn't really change that much because mm-hmm. that's just how he is <laughs> yeah we kind of we also get his backstory so it seems like a lot happened but mm-hmm. really it was like kind of in the in the past i guess like i don't know yeah um, Except that he doesn't, uh, like, kick over flowers anymore <laughs> after, that first, <laughs> after that early scene. <laughs> he still sasses Machi, but it seems like they have a good relationship. Like, he mm-hmm. was trying to... It's kind of interesting how Machi doesn't seem to be very close to him, uh, like, at the beginning, and they're closer mm-hmm. at the end, which I think yeah. is kind of more on her part than his, because he's, like, purposely trying to, like, connect with her during the series. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's nice to... Yeah, like, he does seem more like... Like, he's... Yeah, like, he, like, sasses her a bit at the beginning, but he also has to, like, like, trying to, like, get her to open up and figure out what's going on with her. Mm-hmm. But then, like, toward the end, it's, like, more, like, genuine, like, sibling teasing. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, he can tell that something's kind of, like, going on with her, but she won't talk about it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, like, everybody, he knows, like, what everybody else knows about her and her brother and stuff, so. Yeah. But, yeah, and then he leverages Yuki to get her to talk about <laughs> yeah. her feels. <laughs> He's like, I know how to help both of these children. <laughs> <laughs> he wakes up in the middle of the night and is like, I have a great idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sure there's, like, a lot of things we don't see between them, too. Yeah. But, yeah. But, yeah, I think, like, uh, as a device in the story, he's mostly for, you know, he's very important for both Yuki and Machi's character arcs and mm. his is less prominent yes that's true but he's a great character i'm glad he's, he's there <laughs> the student council primarily as adds um like a, a like fantastic um humor to the series like <laughs> for the most part that's what they do yeah it's kind of like like we needed something to add levity as the like main plot got darker <laughs> like so. um well and also and yeah and it's like and as yuki's yuki's backstory is so dark like his kind of it's nice that that's the way that he like moves forward from it is like this really like sort of caring open ragtag group of kids you know mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah that's nice we need them we need kakuru's mm-hmm. like yeah because it's kakuru yeah it's kakuru specifically that yeah triggers the full flashback for for yuki's mm-hmm. backstory that's true yeah mm-hmm. the one where he's like in the room and stuff and then we see the mm-hmm. the black paint and everything all those scenes yeah. were all when um like the student council was helping him so mm-hmm. <laughs> when pachi broke down the door <laughs> yeah <laughs> and kakir wanted to break it and now said nobody should have wanted to break it <laughs> yes <laughs> typical yeah uh we should talk about machi yeah we haven't talked about her she's also great mm-hmm. i like how machi's so um it's like so reluctant to be it's like she wants so she recognizes that yuki is like nice and like wants to be with him but is so reluctant about it at first it's really interesting mm-hmm. and then they end up being in these situations where they're like alone together and have their like slowly develop this relationship where they're mutually helping each other i love mm-hmm. like the really early one where yuki's all like sad and like machi's about to like reach out to him and then like uh someone like 
I think it was, like, Kimi, of course, like, mm-hmm. squishes her, like, cuts her off or whatever. Somebody, like, yeah. jumps in and, like, gets in her way, which is really funny. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like her growth in this series isn't necessarily obvious as well, but she seems to, she just, like, becomes less anxious, I guess, and, mm-hmm. you know, is able to open up about her feelings and stuff to Yuki, like you said, like, what Kaji yeah. was trying to get her to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she had a similar kind of, like, the situations were different, but similar kind of pressure from her family as Yuki that's true. With the whole idea of, like, you have to do this thing and your opinion doesn't matter. hmm And then, like, when that, like, kind of gets dropped, they, like, don't know what to do. And, like, the same kind of, like, we just had the uh, the parent-teacher conference episode in the anime, and we had the line from Yuki where he's talking about, like, it, it made me, like, not want to speak up at all, like, yes. after that point. So she has kind of the same thing where it's, like, nobody's listening to her, so why bother? Yeah. And so it's kind of her, like, learning to kind of find her voice again. And also her mom is, like... Oh, she has no personality or whatever, and she's like, mm-hmm. well, that's what you wanted. Like, you wanted yeah. me to just, like, do this. So she doesn't really know, she doesn't really, like, have any motivations. So she's, like, mm-hmm. been forced to not have any things that she, like, you know, I don't know, like, have any opinions or whatever, mm-hmm. or, like, yeah. sh- like, share any of her opinions. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like, we see her even, like, like, not knowing how to react when someone asks what color she likes. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's all because of her mom, and so... Mm-hmm. Then later, at the end of the story, I think she's more confident and, like, able to, um, <laughs> like, make jokes, like, uh, about, you know, like, when Yuki, like, gets her the key, and then he's, she's like, oh, I wouldn't be concerned about whatever, and then he takes it, and then she's like, wait! <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, she has her, I think she's able to express more about herself. Yeah. And bring him the fertilizer, which is very important. <laughs> mm-hmm. I guess he was gardening then. Did we talk about it? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it just didn't get very much prominence. No, no. Okay, last, I want to talk about Kyoko. Okay. I saved it for last. So, I mean, obviously she doesn't have, like, growth in the series or whatever, but we had seen, um, what we commented on during the mid-series special is that we had seen, mostly seen, like, memories of her through Toru, um, and, like, you know, Kyo and Uo and Hana's memories of her, too. Like, Uo, mm-hmm. Hana's brief memory of her. And we see, like, in the later half of the series, we see, like, the full... Both sides of the scene where... Of the time when Yuki helped Toru find her way home. And, like, Kyoko and Kyo made the, like, romance promise. And mm-hmm. Kyo tried to find her but didn't in time. And then recognized the hat. And then everything was a shit show, you know. Yeah. So... Mm-hmm. And we also get... I don't think we had her full backstory before... Oh, yeah. The series break not. either, so... With uh, Katsuya. With, with Katsuya, yeah. Yeah, it's very true. And we didn't have any of the stuff of, like, Toru... When she left Toru and... Mm-hmm the more, like, Toru's more darker feelings about her rather than the, like, happy memories of the things yeah. that she learned from her. So we had seen Kyoko as this, like, person who, you know, I think was a good a good person. At the very end of the story, when she... So we also see her death, which is also sad. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, then when she rejoins, you know, Katsuya, she... We see the narration that's implied as him saying, like, you did good. And I feel yeah. like... She feels like she let Toru down, and that she, I mean, not just you know by dying, but like before. I think during the um, when she left her, and like mm-hmm. seemed like she kind of felt guilty about that. Even in the future, she told. I mean, in the future, yeah. After that, like she told Kyo about it when he mm-hmm. was little, right? Yeah. So it's something that impacted her for a long time. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I want to talk. We so we had said we want to track the curse through this story. So let's talk about the curse and kind of like what it represents overall, maybe. So, 
what we said at the mid-series special was that they transform into animals and then they, they eventually turn back naked, of course. <laughs> and then um, a lot of the Junichi have characteristics that they're like, ham- like, like their human appearance sort of like has aspects of like the animal that they turn into and sometimes their behavior. Also, we have the cat's true form and the bracelet. Um, and then, of course, they have the bond with God. We said that Hana can tell there's something different about them because of the curse. Um, and then the other thing is, like, so then we have... What we see in later part of the series is, like, I think there's two things that are interesting. The first is that they don't really transform into animals very much in the second part of the series. Mm-hmm. Like, the aspects of the curse that are explored at that point are more, like, psychological and more about, like, the Aikido and the, the bond rather than being cute animals. <laughs> yeah. I think... Uh... Didn't we say the last time it happens is uh, at the beach with Momiji? Yeah, Momiji is so, the last one. So yeah, it doesn't happen at all in the second half. That's true. It's the very end of the first half. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then of course, like one other major thing that we see in the end of the series is like the tr- like quote unquote true story of the how the zodiac bond was created, mm-hmm. and it explains why the cat was looked down on and whatever. Yeah, we had seen that the cat's wish was, of course. To, that God not be, you know, just simply surrounded by the same twelve spirits, but surrounded by other people as well, mm-hmm. which does happen in the end. We yeah. see this the curse from the beginning to the end, right? And I think, like, especially based on the things that happen in the end, like what Akito says to them and stuff. Like now the curse is broken; they can be their their true selves. And like we heard things like Kareno saying, like, "Oh, I could feel like the Junichi spirit was like gone." That things like the curse things like tradition and you know like more traditional values stifle people from becoming who they can be individually and stifle their individual goals mm-hmm. and we see that play out with Akito and I think all the Junishi like toward the end of the story too yeah if you think about it that way at least if I had to make one sweeping statement about it then that would be mm-hmm. it. we've seen it change a lot through the story but yeah because we see it like the midpoint is where it starts to be like portrayed as like like something that's like tying them all down because like we have the uh like when the with the god reveal we have toru like saying that like oh the curse binds everyone does it also bind god basically mm-hmm. so yep and it's true and it did <laughs> yep <laughs> yeah because like akito also is enabled to be it's like not just the curse the curse like the bond from the curse is also it's a thing that also represents like the control of the family and stuff. And for mm-hmm. Akito, that that manifests as like not necessarily just the relationship with the Zodiac, but like also her position in the family. Like the curse mm-hmm. has a big play in the family as well. Yeah. So her identity that she starts to get to explore after the curse is broken, you know, but like actually like. Um, representing her gender the way that she wants to and like th- doing things she wants to do in the family that all also happens after the curse is broken because there's mm-hmm. nothing to for them to guard so much anymore you know yeah and like she explicitly says like when she's letting the curse break at the end she has the whole like like i don't have to be god anymore i can just mm-hmm. be me right mm-hmm. exactly mm-hmm. she says to the junior she like when she reveals her her like gender identity and kind of sees them all after the curse is broken she's like you're all becoming your true selves, and, like, I'm becoming my true self as well, or going back to who I was. She says specifically, mm-hmm. like, going back to who you were in the... Yeah. Which is kind of interesting. 
Mm-hmm. So that's what I would say about the curse overall. <laughs> if mm-hmm. we look at it from end to end. Yeah. It starts off as being like cute animals, but becomes so much darker. <laughs> mm-hmm. I want to talk about a little bit about the Solo family because we get more detail about them as the story goes on. So like at the beginning, we had seen them. They're seen as being mostly we see like Akito and like Akito is scary and therefore the Solo family is scary. Mm-hmm. Um, once we see them start to interact with her later in like the like you know second half of the series then it becomes so much more about how it's all like family politics and stuff like the curse is just part of what else going on in the soma family yeah. and we have like the maids and stuff too like the maids mm-hmm. there's like the good maid and the bad maid or whatever <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> and even at the end we get the the impression that even the maids are like just kind of stuck in the like pattern and tradition of the family cuz yeah like the old maid even says like like, I grew up with the Soma family, too. I've been doing this for, like, 60 years. I can't change now. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Tradition stifles individuality. This is what <laughs> I feel like is an overall thesis of the story. I mean, there's a bunch of other themes, but, like, mm-hmm. I feel like that's At the least, like, aspect. You know? Yeah. At least, like, like, religious devotion to keeping tradition. Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Not, um... Like, strictly keeping tradition rather than yeah. exploring things, I mm-hmm. guess. Yeah. <laughs> the expectation of, like, that things were always going to be the same mm-hmm. obviously prevents people from, from changing. Yeah. Endless banquet. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's time for a new banquet. Yeah. Shall we talk about some other themes overall in the story? Sure. Themes. <laughs> Feathers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like you established pretty well into the story yeah. the... <laughs> the feathers, the feather theory and feather themes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the feathers is a symbol. I think it turned out to be quite true <laughs> that they represent... I feel like we did eventually talk about it not in spoilers, but at first I think it was introduced yeah. in spoilers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good relationship. Yeah, I rolled out my whole like uh, initial feather theory in spoilers like the first time we were yeah. seeing some black feathers. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was during like Uo's chapter and you were like, mm-hmm. I keep seeing these feathers. Let me talk, think about this. So yeah. there's like a whole, yeah, it's <laughs> true. So I had said, well, in the mid-series special, we talked about the theme of like transformation. You know, we have like the story, Zodiac story changing over time. And like, I think we have a lot of like exploration in the later, later part of the story about like transforming your identity and like changing how, how you represent yourself and like how you think about the world and whatever. So. Mm-hmm other things that we talked about were like the importance of accepting and loving others which of course comes back at the in Yuki's speech to Toru at the end. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of examples of this that we had talked about like Hisa and um, Hana's brother praying for someone to find her and yeah. Oh, another thing that I think you mentioned during the mystery special was like this idea that if, if someone does see the good in you we talked about like um, you know the like something on your back the you can't see but if someone does see the good in you trying to live up to that as mm-hmm. a person, like uh, Kyo, as an example, didn't want to be associated with Shisho as his son. Yeah. That I'm trying to think of like how that might play out in the later, or things that are examples of that in the later series. I mean, probably like Akito trying to do good, basically, at the mm-hmm. end of the series is a good example of that. Like, yeah. You know, someone reached out their hand to help her and mm-hmm. show that they cared about her. And then she, in turn, tries to kind of like pay that forward, yeah. I guess, with the like, family. Mm-hmm. Like, prove she was worth helping <laughs> yeah like, in that way like, yeah that makes sense mm-hmm. 
there's also we talked about how i think one thing that happens often or comes up often in the series is the importance of like forgiveness so we just talked about the parent-teacher conferences and how oyame says that yuki's given him a chance you know it's like forgiven his past mistakes and kind of like moving forward that seems to come up a lot even toward the end like yeah we just talked about akito and toru like that's another example like toru just forgives akito kareno forgives akito for the things that she's done mm-hmm. um but then you know akito needs to make something of that forgiveness right <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah and like we have the contrast of like rin not mm-hmm. being able to forgive akito which is also treated as okay yeah Mm-hmm. This is true. The importance, the note that I have here is, is the importance of forgiving others and forgiving yourself. Because often mm-hmm. we see all these characters that are really like pushing themselves to do stuff, and it's like there's a lot of people who are like, it's okay, like it's okay to just be yourself, like Totoro, or like it's okay mm-hmm. to it's okay that you haven't forgiven Akito. Like you can have those feelings. It's yeah, because Rin is like, is Haru gonna like hate me for being a downer all the time? And Toru's like, no, like he would never, you know. So, yeah. <laughs> like it is okay to it's okay to have those. It's it's okay to forgive yourself. Yeah. People in this story, like, characters in the story often, like, hold on to these things that, like, um, you know, like, you can't, you can't always be perfect. Actually, Yuki and Kyo's argument is a good example of that, too, where Yuki's like, what, you were trying to be perfect? Like, you mm-hmm. <laughs> want to save her from a car or whatever? Like, you know, <laughs> like... Yeah. You don't have to. You just have to. And then even, like, uh, Momichi said that to Akito, too, about Kareno. He's like, well, just, like, treat him really nice from now on. It'll be okay, you know? <laughs> like... It's okay to. It's okay to. You, you can't just like hold on to the things that upset you about yourself. Like you have to try to move forward from them rather than just hanging on to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and my next theme note is about being invited to a group and how impactful that is. That's also kind of like related to feather theory, right? <laughs> Where yeah. <laughs> this whole like kill refusing to sit with people at the beginning and then moving on from that and like kind of being in a group like he gets kind of invited into a group at school and stuff like it's not really explicit but um the more that like he and toru and you know yuki kind of like spend time together they have their like little found family that all impacts him slowly over time right and toru kind of invites well she recognizes there's a scene where like um during their confrontation, Toru and Akito, you know, Toru's, like, sitting beside Akito, like, as if they're both outsiders. Like, they, there's the whole, like, inside-outside and group mm-hmm. and stuff as being a theme that's represented throughout the story. Yeah. I think another important theme that we see, like, toward the... Even repeated at the end is, like, how important... Um, you know, the idea of, like, it's the Shigure quote that we say all the time, the, like, you're hurting people and getting hurt by them is important. And, like, you know, like, there's Kakeru's, like... Um, like something must be his equivalent exchange thing that he says where Mm -hmm. like pain and you know the pain of like other people hurting you so that you know not what not to do or like making mistakes and hurting other people is something that has to help like help you grow and it's like a required part of the real world we talked about how like akito doesn't really live in the real world and therefore doesn't understand this as a part of Mm -hmm. her growth right like we yeah. talked about how, like, when she does the stuff to Rin, it's like, when she when she locks Rin in the cast room, it's like, um, you know, it's like, everybody's like, you can't just do that. And she's like, it's, she doesn't know. Like, she doesn't really think about things mm-hmm. like the way other people do. And she's being yeah. isolated as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because she has that whole, like, thing when she's, like, having her, like, last big breakdown where she's like, she's like, you say it's common sense, but how am I supposed to know? Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. 
I feel like in general we get like a lot of little small things, but they all really build up to like at the end of the second half of the story is really focused on how negative you know relationships can can be first of all like can be overcome and stuff like that and also like how mm-hmm. they start out in the first place and then like the big idea of the story around the bond and how it's bad and stuff like that's really what is the major focus of the story so all these little mm-hmm. things like that we talked about in the mid-series like they are lesser they don't show up as often as they did before the mid-series special i think it's all all the second half is about like finding yourself and defining your future and defining defining like the relationships you want to have and like building positive relationships with people mm-hmm. like, that's kind of what's happening for all the characters so yeah i'm trying to remember that one like bit recent in one of the last chapters that we were like this is kind of the sweeping theme of the whole series but oh i think it was that like long narr- part of that long narration i think it might be this whole like I wish I could have lived in a kind world without hurting other people, that whole thing. Oh, I wish I could have lived my life without making any mistakes. Yeah, I think, yeah. Yeah, I wish I could have lived my life without making any wrong turns, but that's impossible. A path like that doesn't exist. We fail, we trip, we get lost, we make mistakes, and little by little, one step at a time, we push forward. It's all we can do. That's true. It is, like, that does seem like, um... And then that ends with the, like, come on, it's time to start walking. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like also that and like the one Kyo- or like Kyoko's thing that's repeated at the end too where it's like um live of the bad and the good and repeat the good and pile on the years or whatever. If you put like those mm-hmm. two things together, that's probably like the series in a nutshell. <laughs> like you have to keep having these experiences. That's a part of life. Like pain is a part of life, but that's also how you you have to move forward from it. It's how you grow as a person. Like that is probably the essential thing in the series. Yeah. And if you don't have experiences, then you don't really live in the real world. That's like, you see that with like Akito and other characters. Yeah. Especially Akito, but the others too. Mm-hmm. Turns out life is hard. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I feel like we've talked through everything. So many things, but <laughs> shall we do our listener questions now? Sure. Any other things that you want to say before we talk about questions? Any other burning things? I like it. <laughs> it was good. <laughs> I should hope so. I've been reading it for a year and a half or something insane. It's a good story. It's a pretty good book. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so the so just like last time, I have loosely grouped these questions into categories. Also, thank you for sending in all your questions. I think I said the same thing in the same order <laughs> in the mid-series special, probably, but <laughs> I grouped these into basic categories. The categories this time are the manga with a whole subsection on Shigure. Listen, it's fine. <laughs> The anime, uh, Fruits Basket and Other, slash The Three Musketeers, slash Other Series, Us and Our Pets, and then there's a, <laughs> yes, right on cue. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't have planned it better. And, uh, also about podcasting again. So uh, last time we, we read these back and forth. Do you want to do the same thing? We can do the same thing. I sure. guess that makes sense. I will start. <laughs> I guess. I volunteer. Okay. I volunteer tribute. So, anonymous person on Tumblr asks, are you going to continue the, the anime break episodes? Yes, we are going to continue the anime break until the anime is done. Yay. I suspect that that will be in another season. We're going to 
We're gonna break the <laughs> break the animated anime breaks. <laughs> I bet you there's one if it gets like renewed or whatever. I don't know how that works in Japan, but if mm-hmm. there's one more season, that'll probably. I bet you that'll be enough to cover the whole series. So yeah, yeah, we'll be around. We'll keep doing anime breaks for that. So this is like the finale episode, but it's not really the finale. Like we'll see you next week. <laughs> like it's gonna be fine. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope that's a, I hope that's clear with everybody. But we'll be around. We'll be talking about the anime, so we're not going anywhere for that. Um, you want to do the next question? <laughs> oh, the train! train. Wants to do the next question. <laughs> Someone who wrote in was like, seriously, thank you so much for all the hard work on the podcast. Special shout out to guest stars Bowie and Train Son. Last <laughs> <laughs> one, Catherine. Your questions are coming up later, but next question. All right, from uh, Jitam Mashuri19 on Tumblr. He said, What are your thoughts on the 2019 anime as a whole, and what are your thoughts on the 2001 anime as a whole? Hmm. Uh, so I'm uh, a big fan of the 2019 anime so far. I think it's been a, a, a really good adaptation. Um, I think it's, like, you know, done a good job of accurately representing all the important scenes, and, like, I like the tweaks it's made, mm-hmm. like, to the timeline and stuff. I think they, they've worked mm-hmm. for what it's trying to do. Um, I honestly don't fully remember the 2001 <laughs> anime very well. Um, I probably haven't watched it since, uh, maybe 10th grade. <laughs> so since <laughs> 2004 or something, like 2006, yeah. maybe? <laughs> yeah. Um, That's funny. So, yeah, but, um, I mean, I remember liking it a lot at the time. It definitely was, I remember it was more comedy-focused, yes. which made sense for how far along in the manga it was. Yes. Um, and, uh, you know, it got me into reading the manga, so I appreciate it for that. <laughs> <laughs> I think that is, like, nice about anime. Like, I guess I generally personally don't... Did you have any other things to say about the series? Or you no, I don't think okay. so. I think that is, like, something about anime that's, like... I don't I don't know. The more I... The longer I spend in, like, Phantom, the less I like anime and the more I like manga in general. But mm-hmm. I do think it's, like, it's easy to watch anime. Like, it's easy to... It's hard to, like, want to go and, like, pick up a book. For me or like pick up a you know like find a chapter and like commit to reading it and stuff because sometimes manga takes mm-hmm. a little while to get started but if you watch like a couple episodes mm-hmm. of the anime it's probably like you know a couple hours out of your life and i feel like it opens the door to a lot of series which is nice at least mm-hmm. for me so yeah i think um like the accessibility of anime definitely contributed to like the popularity of anime and manga in general because mm-hmm. it's generally easier for people to you know, watch some dubbed anime <laughs> than yeah, like, to dubs too. Yeah, than to uh, you know read a long manga series or even like watch a subbed thing where you have to pay attention to two things at once. Yeah, so. for sure. So even if I like, yeah, like you, I'm more into reading the mangas than anime mm-hmm. in general. Um, but I appreciate the existence of like easily accessible dubbed anime mm-hmm. for you know being able to get people into different series for sure. um in general like i think the 2001 anime i don't also don't remember when i last watched it i remember that i went and found while we were recording the episode where they go and visit hana's house and it was like insane mm-hmm. like it was off- <laughs> like it was beyond all the other comedy stuff that's like in the others in the rest of the series it was mm-hmm. like they were trying to film on like a camcorder and they really like played up this sort of like i don't know like fake espionage nature of the and mm-hmm. dark nature of the prince yuki fan club which is really funny i just don't think it's like mm-hmm. very accurate <laughs> so um, <laughs> but it was super weird there's like even scenes where they're like animated into like real life like film and stuff of like the subway station and i was just like this is like it's a weird style like it's all Mm-hmm. And I do, I think, 
of course there's we talked in probably in the mid-series special probably the beginning of the series uh, about the beginning of the podcast about there's a lot of comedy in Furuba but it's not really a comedy and my take other I definitely enjoyed it at the time I have two things to say about the 2001 anime definitely enjoyed it at the time but it's way more of a comedy and it really plays up the comedy aspect of aspects of the <laughs> series um, and like added yeah. content really does that mm-hmm. yeah I would say like it was a decent adaptation for what they had at the yeah. time, but it's not a good adaptation <laughs> no. for the series in general. Yeah. I don't think it does the series the manga justice, <laughs> I don't think. Yeah. But it is entertaining. It is. Like it's it has its own, you know, qualities on its own. Yes. You know, if you divorce it from the like manga completely, like it's a you know, solid series as I recall. Yeah. My other com- <laughs> on its complaint own. about it is like it's really cheaply animated. So like even mm-hmm. at the time it doesn't seem like there was a lot of like like, I don't know. I don't really know how anime production budgets and shit work. Like, I don't know. I'm not an expert. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't seem like it was really given... I think, like, overall, it wasn't really given the attention that I feel like the series deserves. And that's why it ends up being comedy. And that's kind of why it's, like, cheaply animated. And I... Mm-hmm. Therefore, it's not really my favorite. But I also did definitely enjoyed it at the time. And it was, like, a big yeah. deal at the time because it was a series that I liked a lot. Um, I think I read a mm-hmm. bit of the manga before I saw the anime. But I think... I don't think we... I don't think it the full I hadn't read like to the end of the manga so it was kind of a big or like I had sorry I hadn't read to the end of where the anime was or something so it was mm-hmm. like a big deal because it ends of the true form and you're like oh it's all like oh it's so crazy it's so dark oh my gosh like um mm-hmm. so I do remember that I appreciated it at the time I think the 2009 anime dwarfs it in its like um adherence to the themes of the story and I think like it does a good job of modernizing things in a way that's not like taking away from the story and does a good job of like adding stuff that's um you know helps like we saw like especially the things with like Ritsu or like with more minor characters like Kakura where they don't get a lot of time in the story sometimes they like add stuff that's really nice um so I appreciate mm-hmm. everything the anime has done I have literally no complaints I remember making like I made had like one complaint which was about the like voice actor for Mine or something like that was it mm-hmm. um but yeah, I generally, like, I'm very happy with the way it's turning out. I have no problems with mm-hmm. it. Um, and it's nice to see everything. Yeah. Like, we talk very briefly about it in the anime breaks normally because it's just like, yeah, it's, like, great. And it's what happened in the manga. Like, you know? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I don't know. That's kind of what happens every episode. So. Yeah. Yeah, as a side note, like, with the voice acting in particular, I'm really impressed with both the keto voice yes. actors. Mm-hmm. Also, I'm impressed. It's nice that when you've seen the 2001 anime, that now then you have like the basically all the cast returned, the main cast returned. So like mm. you get to hear them like all grown up and in, in their deep yeah. in their careers, and it's like they're like killing it. So yeah, yeah. The uh, I'm glad the Funimation dubs. Yeah, it's definitely back, a right? yeah, definitely a um, character development on the uh, <laughs> dub voice actors. <laughs> You're like, damn, like individual, <laughs> mm-hmm. <"Jewel>, damn, <laughs> like I don't yeah. Know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm really impressed with um, Yuki's dub voice actor Eric for the Kaya? new anime. Cause, yeah, because yeah, I remember him probably being my least favorite of the voice work yeah. of like the main characters in the original. Um, but he's doing a good job, and I think it helps that Yuki is more emotive as a character in yeah. the 2019 anime. He's got more to work with. It made with, him a little bland but, uh, in the original one, mm-hmm. too. Yeah, his, his pre-character development. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it is a function of where they were at in the story, but I still mm-hmm. think it's, like, there's things that are just, like, completely ignored. Yeah, I think they smoothed them out, too. Like, yeah. Just to make it easier to 
adapt. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So anyway, so yeah, that's my opinion mm-hmm. about those two things. I'll move on. So now the questions are about the manga. So beautiful physical siren, one of my favorite Tumblr usernames that we've <laughs> seen so far on the show, asked on Tumblr. Are there any characters that you see in a new light in this particular read-through? Um, or maybe because of how they've been portrayed in the new anime? And also Steven Universe on Tumblr asked, are there any characters in this read-through that changed dramatically based on... Changed, that drastically changed your opinion of them in the series? So kind of the same, similar mm-hmm. questions. I don't feel like this particular read-through has like changed like my opinions too drastically. Because um, like, I've had like opinions that changed over time, like since the first mm-hmm. time I read through and later times. Yeah. Um, I do think... Um, I have more appreciation for some of the like minor characters, like Kimmy. Yeah, <laughs> we always just talked about that. Yeah, and like what in their roles in the series. Um, I just think the anime is giving me more appreciation for Haru. I think he <laughs> he um, gains a lot from being voiced and animated, like his yeah. his brand of comedy and like just quiet Haruness in the background. <laughs> Good timing. Yes, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's funny. I think um, I also agree that like I've had opinions that changed over time, but the things that I, the characters that I feel like I see, not necessarily in a new light, but kind of, um, I don't think anything drastically changed my opinion of any characters, I guess. Those are the, kind of the two questions. The character that I feel like um, more, I, I appreciate more is Yuki. So like I said a long time ago, like, um, when I first read through the series, I didn't really like him that much. As I, like, reread it over and over again, like, I felt like I liked him more, but I would go back and read all the parts that I really liked, which were more the, like, Kyo and Toru stuff and, like, other things in the story, so mm-hmm. when you, we go and read through all of it, it's like you get to see his growth from beginning, beginning to end, and I really appreciate that. I, um, and, like, relate to it a bit more on this read-through. Um, I also, same with, like, Machi and, like, like Kim, yeah, Kimi, we also talked about that. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I also didn't like her very much. I didn't like Makoto very much either, and she didn't, um, Motoko, rather, <laughs> Motoko. Mm-hmm. very much either and she didn't change very much but I did appreciate her um confession is um not super like like lovey-dovey it was like a nice confession so her mm-hmm. the end of her story I felt like was nicer this time but yeah I don't I don't think any of my opinions about the characters drastically changed even Shigure mm-hmm. <laughs> um oh maybe I should yeah you no I think we're going to read this question. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm question. not reading this one. Okay. <laughs> it's directed so, at you anyway. Uh, it is. <laughs> Everybody knows that I hate Shigure. Um, okay. So our listener, Susan, who also um, uh, created a Spotify playlist that was really good that I listened to recently, um, posted that on our, I think it's on our Twitter, if you want to go find the link to it. Sent an email with uh, a long list of thoughts to respond to. So I have shortened them slightly. So... This is, um, the first one is, I want to offer a perspective on that I don't think you've really considered about Shigure. Shigure is heartbroken. Many Zodiac members want to break the curse for love, and he's no different. We don't get to see much of the pre-series Shigure and Akito, like, together, but we know that Shigure is the only one who sees Akito as a person and not just, like, a being. Okay, accept. Um, (laughs) (laughs) but it's true. Whatever relationship they had, Shigure probably thought Akito felt the same right up to the point where she slept with Karino because she could, showing Shigure that he wasn't special, um, to her and hurting him, and while... He didn't necessarily react in a healthy way, you know, by sleeping with Ren. It's not unusual for someone with a broken heart to go to a dark place. <laughs> it's a Dr. Horrible reference. <laughs> I appreciate it. Um, Shigeru knows that Akito is sheltered and coddled, so he has to go with, he chooses to go with a cruel-to-be-kind mentality to get through to her. Um, because the only way for her to understand pain is to feel it and experience it for herself. 
As a coping mechanism, he focuses his energy on breaking the curse and turns off his feelings to do so, both to help hide his own pain because he knows that he has to push others into uncomfortable situations to force Akito's hand. It seems like uh, a lot to mess with Akito in such backhanded ways, but Shigeru is still bound by the curse. So Shigeru isn't just being mean, but working within the confines of the curse to do what he can for Akito because Akito won't do anything herself. He supports that she needs but doesn't want to accept. Someone has to do the dirty work and no one else wants to do it for Akito instead of just going against Akito except Shigure, at least until Toru comes along. So this is a thesis statement about Shigure <laughs> and his um, and there's another there's other questions so for Beautiful Fiscal Siren on Tumblr also asked okay for the finale I just have to ask Shigure did your opinion of him change at all during the read through? Um, I know we get your reactions along the way but big picture what's your final impression? So these are I think related. So yes, I accept. <laughs> Is this a question just for me? It's probably just for me. I'm the only one who complains about him that much, but okay. I don't know. Maybe it's just like I put my my own like real person perspective into this instead of like looking at him like a, a real character. But I still like just don't think that the suggestion that um, Susan made is that he um, he feels like he can't directly defy Akito, which he said himself. So he tries to like go around and backhandedly try to influence Akito so that. Um, like the curse will break but I don't know that he really knows that the curse is going to break so it's like what is he trying to do he's just trying to like drive her away from other people and I don't know I think my opinion in answer to Beautiful Disco Siren's question is that my opinion about Shigure hasn't really changed like at the end we see him being a bit nicer and trying to like have a good relationship with Akito they I guess it, we, we don't really see why they broke up in the first place I guess so she, Akito thinks that she can do whatever she wants so he they they kind of break up he goes and sleeps with Ren and that's not enough to change her mind Akito does all this other stuff and, and Shigure is mean to her and that doesn't really change her mind I kind of feel like they probably never like had a formal relationship which is part of the problem maybe like they didn't like you know hash it out like what they were <laughs> and so like in addition to Akito were, like, just like not knowing like things that are yes it's complicated <laughs> on Facebook yes um, in addition to Akito just like not knowing like right from wrong to the extent she should and like thinking she can do whatever she wants she probably like probably had some kind of like panic about Kranos and she's always touchy about him after the curse breaking yeah and like slept with him thinking that would be you know good to keep him by your side <laughs> yeah and then like she goes like that's not cool and she's like why not why not yeah <laughs> yeah and then he's like I'll show you why it's not cool <laughs> <laughs> and she's like whoa whoa wait whoa wait <laughs> yeah but that doesn't make him good. Like, what about this makes him... Yeah. It, yeah, like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I like him as a, as a character, but I don't think he's a good person. <laughs> um, but, like, I don't think anyone... Like, very few people in the series are, like, straight-up good people. Like... Yeah. He shades more to the darker gray. Yeah. Like, like Akito. Which I yes. think, you know, makes them, like, work for each other. Because they're <laughs> both kind of... They're kind of, like... Like, they're too fucked up to be with anyone else. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Kind of thing. My opinion stands that I think that he's doing everything for his benefit. So he wants Akito for himself. He wants to break the curse so that he can have her to himself. Not so that she's unburdened by it. Like, so he's his, like, backhanded, quote-unquote, method of going around and trying to get the Junichi to form new bonds with other people is helpful in the end for breaking the curse. But it, until then, it's not doing anything but hurt Akito. So is it really helpful in the end? Like, even Toru is like, oh, I'm sorry I was hurting you, and, like, Shigure never says that. <laughs> like, you know... <laughs> I think, like, toward the end of the series, he acts like a better partner for her. But I don't know that his actions in the series are, like... Yeah, so he's jealous, and 
he says that he's childish and whatever, like, it, my opinion is, is still the same. Like, he's not... Mm -hmm. He did what he needed to do, but I still don't think he did it in service of Akito. I think that he did it in service of himself. Mm -hmm. Like, he wanted to break the curse not for other people, but so that... Like, for the other Junishi, but so that he could mm -hmm. have... didn't That Akito wouldn't have those connections to other people, thinking that that would, you know, stop her from sleeping with other people. I'll go so far as to say he did it for Akito for himself. So <laughs> like... Yeah. Which sounds like I'm joking, but I really do mean, like, no, I think, right. like, like he was trying to, you know, encourage, you know, Akito's personal growth and not relying on the, you know, twisted connection to the Zodiac that she's been stuck with for all this time. Yeah. But it was mostly, like, so that she would come back to him. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's not to, like, help her be a more, you know, self-actualized person. It's so like that yeah, it's no like he wanted connection. to do that, but like his main goal was like so they could be together. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is mm -hmm. what I've been trying to say all this yeah. time. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's like know. yeah, it's like I say like he's a selfish character who like is willing to it will do like good things like almost incidentally like yeah <laughs> like as they like like serve his plan or at least don't like take away from it like. It seems like, 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 like the good things he does, like, my house. Yeah. yeah, like, <laughs> like, are either, like, in service of his plan or don't take that much effort. Yeah. Like, to go out of his way to, like, be nice for someone, which doesn't mean, like, that those aren't nice things that he does. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, give him credit for the nice things he does. It just doesn't necessarily make him a, like, you know, fine, upstanding gentleman. <laughs> <laughs> He's which no, is like, fine. He would, Yuki. Like, it's yeah, fine. Which is fine. He wouldn't he wouldn't be the character he was if... <laughs> yeah, and, like, things wouldn't happen the way that yeah. they did if he wasn't like that, too. Yeah, he's Either. an important catalyst to a lot of things in the series. I mean, so. he's the whole catalyst to everything yeah. in the series. Like, Toru showed up at his house. Like, mm -hmm. without him, the series wouldn't have happened. Like, yeah. without him kind of, like, um, you know, scheming to make yeah, this like, happen, like, we wouldn't have a series, so... Yeah, it's like, Shigeru's a piece of work, but he needs to be a piece of work. Like. <laughs> The only way things would change is if he was, so. Yeah. Like, that's his whole thing, is, like... I see value in him as a character. like, stop yeah. meddling, and he's like, nothing's gonna change if I don't, so... Yeah. Tori's like, Tori's like, okay, fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He knows... He knows... Like, Shigeru and, knows how to manipulate people in the way that he wants, and he does that on purpose. Yeah. Like, you know. Yeah, I will say, I'll say, like, it's like someone had to meddle, and I don't think anyone but someone like Shigeru would meddle. Yeah. So it's like you kind of you had yeah you had to have an asshole <laughs> in order for things to progress because like an extremely only someone, motivated yeah, only, asshole yeah only someone like Shigure who's you know manipulative and willing to throw people under the bus and get things done for his goals would get things done in this yeah. kind of situation <laughs> yeah he's not it's not like he's not awful but I don't think he's I don't think his intentions are. I think if you look at everything through the series, his intentions have always served himself, and Akito being able to be the person that she is at the end of the story because of that is is not because of his like it's not because of um um it's not because he wanted her to grow as a person out of the yeah. goodness of his heart. It's not selflessness. That's what I was yeah. trying to think of something <laughs> like that. Like it's not like generosity. It's like yeah, it's not out of the goodness of his heart. It's mm -hmm. it's out of his desire to have her not be not have this like automatic deep connection with all these other people mm -hmm. he wants to you know have like a singular relationship with her 
Um, so he goes about doing that in a variety of ways, but ultimately Akito is the one who actually ends up kind of actually taking the reins and doing that herself. Nothing mm -hmm. like, yeah, so Shigeru brought Toru in, but, um, you know, like Shigeru didn't break Momiji's curse. Like Shigeru didn't break Hiro's curse. Shigeru mm -hmm. didn't break Kareno's curse. Like, yeah. Shigure yes. wasn't there he... when Akira, Akira and Ren were fighting over, uh, telling Akito that, you know, about the bond and how it affects her, like, you know, mm -hmm. those things don't have anything to do with him, so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, he got things started, but other people, like, you know, did the work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just shut up to be annoying. Okay, so anyway, whatever. <laughs> That's probably not satisfactory to people, who, but my opinion hasn't changed very much. I do recognize the good things that he's done, but I still think he's an asshole. So, but mm -hmm. like you said, an asshole is needed too. Yeah, <laughs> somebody has to change stuff. Like all the nobody else felt comfortable doing that. So mm -hmm. was very motivated, so he did. Yeah. Okay. Next question. You take okay. this one. All right. <laughs> all right. Billy Flaming on Twitter says, "Akito, villain or hero or neither?" Um, well, I'd go with the definite neither. Yeah, I agree. And I think that applies to everyone. Pretty much everyone. Yeah. I think that's part of the point of the series, is that, like, no one is, like, purely good or purely bad. Akito is portrayed as a villain for the first half of the series. Mm -hmm. But Akito is also a victim, so... Yeah. I don't I don't think that Akito is, like, a hero. Like, Akito does what everyone else does in the series, which is, like, overcome all the pain from their mm -hmm. past and, and yeah. move on with their lives. For her, that means releasing a shackle on a lot of people, but that doesn't mm -hmm. necessarily make her, like, a hero. Yeah. 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 Like, I wouldn't even call Toru a hero. No. Like, I don't think any of them are. Yeah. I can't think of one person. Mm -hmm. That is the point. Toru's not yeah. a hero. Like, Toru, yeah, I think her motivations are more altruistic. Like, she's more on that, like, good-bad spectrum. But she says herself and admits herself that she's not perfect. I mean, she wanted to take something away that was extremely valuable and, you know, caused Akito to a lot of fear and anxiety. So, mm-hmm. You can't be a hero when you're being an asshole. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Whatever. Unless you're Deadpool. Like, <laughs> you know. But then that's, like, the whole point is, like, it being in that gray area, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, Ujita asked by email, which Furba character do you each relate to the most? And I think I think we did answer this before. People asked about our, like, Zodiac and stuff in the mid-series special. But I'm going to mm -hmm. say that for the – I relate to Rin the most – which is, I think, what we said before, or what I said before. Not only because I'm also the year of the horse, but also <laughs> I just feel like, like, she's kind of, like, shy about her personality. I don't know. There's something about her that I just, like, I feel I relate to. Like, it's hard to do things for the people that you care about. Like, you can't, like, do everything by yourself. And, like, I don't know that I necessarily do those things, but I guess I kind of relate to that struggle. I relate to Yuki, too, more so. Mm -hmm. I mean, this, like, the future is uncertain. <laughs> like, even when you get older. Nobody mm -hmm. knows what's going to happen. So if you're, I feel like very introspective, like constantly questioning myself about what I want and like where, what, what am I doing and like, am I doing the right thing? That's kind of like a Yuki thing. I think Rin is kind of like that too. I don't know. I, I just feel like I've always had an affinity with Rin. And then I feel mm -hmm. like with, I also relate heavily to Yuki after this like read through. Mm -hmm. I don't remember what I said last time. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I have trouble with the like, ca what character do you relate to kind of questions. Dude, should we go find like Some... a quiz on, um, like, yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's just kind of like not the way I consume media mm -hmm. like in general like I know a lot of people talk about like like oh like you know like people won't like this character because they can't relate to characters who are different from them and stuff like that and it's mm -hmm. like 
I don't know. It's like I don't really want to relate to. <laughs> the whole point is the characters to, like, experience the fiction things. I'm reading. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of why I gave but, like two answers. Yeah, they're a little. But, it's like a little bit of both. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. It's like I mean, I do, I do kind of relate to like some of Yuki's anxieties like mm-hmm. early on, not the like especially like at that age. Um, yeah. Like the difficulty figuring out how to like interact with people and being jealous of the people who can do that so easily, envious mm-hmm. of the people who can do that so easily. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, and then like you just kind of have to come to terms with like I'm just a different kind of person, and mm-hmm. yeah, and have to figure out my own way of being around people. I think like I guess I relate to aspects of this story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. I relate more to themes in mm-hmm. my media than specific characters. Yeah. Yeah. Which makes sense, because, like, mm-hmm. everybody, like, you're different at different times and different times in your life. Like, I don't mm-hmm. feel like... Also, characters... To create a character that has, like, a true personality of a person, I think, would be quite complicated. And it's like, that's not the yeah. kind of character you want to read about. Like, characters have a set... They have, like, set... Very yeah, set ca- personalities, right? Characters have to make sense. People don't. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Having, like, a... I don't know. It's it's a more of a debate about... Or, like, an interesting question about, um, you, like, how you relate to what you're, like consuming Mm -hmm. but i feel like i relate more to like situations so like the situation with yuki like not not being able to relate to other people like yeah Mm -hmm. that's yeah definitely relatable Mm -hmm. um and like and like more i guess when i look also it's in high takes place in high school now like we're well past high school so like when i look Mm -hmm. back look watch the series like they're doing their um like parent teacher conferences and like uh like yeah that part of your life is really hard where you have to decide It feels like you're deciding your whole future. The secret that people in their late 20s and 30s will tell you that doesn't fucking matter. But, you know, yeah. like, um, like <laughs> probably most of the people in, who listen to this podcast are in their early 20s and 30s and know that already. But, like, yeah, you can always change your future. But it feels like you have to decide, like, such a, such a weight when you're in high school to figure out mm-hmm. what you're going to do. And I relate to that. Yeah. Yeah, like, I do think, like, looking back, like, Kazuma's words to Kyo that we just saw in the anime, <laughs> the whole, like, like, even if it takes you, like, twice as long like you know i want to hear your answer like yeah is you know yeah you know, something everyone should hear at that age i yeah, think so. for sure <laughs> <laughs> and it's yeah i think parents just want their kids to be like good parents just want their kids to be successful like yeah and the way that manifests is not always like that but it's yeah anyway Mm-hmm. I was answering a longer question than the what, what the yeah. <laughs> person asked us, but like that's what I would say. It's like I mm-hmm. kind of relate to them, especially more. Um, I don't know. Like, I honestly don't know why I re- relate to Rin. I just always like her and always feel like an affinity to her. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why, but then with Yuki, it's like more. It's like his introspection. That's something that is a part of my personality that I've always had. It's like things. Uh, like, I really overanalyze things, I think, in my life mm-hmm. a lot, and he does that, too. So. Yeah. <laughs> Any last thoughts about that, or do you want to do the next question? Um, I think that's good. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, these two are kind of the same kind of question. Uh, Steven Universe on Tumble said, who would you say your top three characters are? And Jatam Mashiri19 on Tumblr said, who would you list as some of your favorite characters? Mm. Let's see. I don't know if I can do a top three. <laughs> Well, I think Tor is one of my top three, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll just list my favorites, and it's not okay. going to be a random number. Um, <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> yeah, Tor yeah, Toru is definitely great. Um, I like Yugi a whole lot. Um, yes. I like uh, Kakiru a whole lot. Uh, Momiji, Ayame, and Kyo, I guess. Yeah. That's probably my... I guess. What's that, top six? <laughs> I definitely didn't yeah. count. I was using the time while you were talking to think about my favorites. <laughs> mm-hmm. I yeah. think... Um, yeah. 
sorry, you were going to say something else? I was going to say, I like, I like most of them. Yeah. Like, most of the main characters. Like, like I like Akito a lot. She's really fascinating. And mm-hmm. I like Shigure as a character. He's really fascinating. <laughs> and yeah, I like Katori a lot, but he hasn't been in as much lately. Yeah, so I wasn't I know, really thinking sad. of him. But uh, so yeah. <laughs> I like Katori. Um, mm-hmm. Favorites? Like, I mean, so Tori's one of my favorites. Um, I think Machi more on this read through. Yuki. This is also in no, like, particular order. Toru's definitely one of my, like, top favorites for sure, but, um... I like Kyo, but it's more, like, in the... Like, he's... <laughs> the thing about Kyo is, like, he's so dumb with, like, his, <laughs> his issues. It's like, bro, like, you don't have to be responsible for everything. Anyway, yeah. fine, you know? Um, but he's such a nice, uh, like, person. It makes him a good character. Especially when he really, like, warms up to Toru in the, like, later mm-hmm. half of the series, and he's, like, constantly, like, just, like, there to be kind to her. I always, like, appreciate that about him. Yeah, um, I think like I like Maiko a lot. I wish she was in the series more. Mm-hmm. Um, I just like her because she's funny and she seems very kind. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I also, it's for the same reason that I like Atori. He's also just seems really like a nice person who's just in a shitty situation. Mm-hmm. I like Akito as a character. I wouldn't say that she's necessarily one of my favorites, but I think she's interesting. Same with Shigure. Mm-hmm. They are required to make the series what it is, and it you can't just have like nice people in a series. Like that's how it works. Yeah. Um, I like Shisho too. Mm-hmm. Good dad she show. Great um, teacher Mayako and good dad she show. <laughs> <laughs> great dad she show. Great teacher Mayako, yeah. great dad she show. <laughs> I think, like, it's, it's like you said, like, I, there's not a lot of characters I don't like. There's just a lot that I kind of feel, like, ambivalent about. Like, I wish I could like Kisa more, but there's just, like, not a lot going on with her in the series. Like, I like mm. her, but I wish that, you know, like, I don't know. There's, there's not a lot to go off of in terms of, like, how to... Like, what, what makes you like a character is, like, how they react to stuff or how they think or, like, what the actions they take in the story. And she's just, like, yeah. doesn't have – there's no content to compute, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. That's kind of – that's probably three – more than three. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, next question. So, Anon4209, uh, who, <laughs> th- like, left a, a, na- a name, a non name that they wanted to be called by in their comment, which I appreciate because otherwise it would just be Anon and Anon. Um, <laughs> The Junichi's hair colors I, are all... I see what you did there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Junichi's hair colors are all possibly found in human populations, but some of them, such as the snake, the dragon seahorse, or whatever, um, could have had colors that aren't found in humans, such as red and green. Do you think this is because the curse was growing weaker, that they had more normal hair colors? Do you think in previous incarnations, like the uh, ones who ended up white, or blonde or white-haired were instantly known as magical people? And do you think that like each version of the cow, horse, etc., always has the same colors? Like, Do you think there was a horse that the horse that was all white in one generation or like a calico cat dude <laughs> why doesn't kisa have stripes and hero's hair should have been curly all good points <laughs> well as a side note um yeah. like 99 percent of calico cats are female so probably not <laughs> could have been a calico <laughs> cat lady possessed lady <laughs> <laughs> i think wasn't the cats um the pre- in the anime the previous cat was represented with orange hair in the 2001 anime and didn't they do the same did they do the same in the 2001 or 2019 anime i actually don't remember i'm not sure i can't remember if we got a good look at his I think face they just showed or... his like face but in the shadows yeah and, and of course the monk is in black and white so we wouldn't have seen it yeah but, i mean it looks like he had like lightish hair i guess so mm-hmm. i think the implication at least on if the direction in the anime that we just slammed is <laughs> to be taken <laughs> is that they probably like had the same hair colors but yeah. i would assume they would be the same because it's like the same spirit yeah like it's of those outward... original animals, like yeah, 
Mm-hmm. It's an outward manifestation of the spirit that's possessing mm-hmm. them. So yeah, it is the same. Actually, that's a good point. It probably is the same. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's the same possession over and over again, in theory. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm assuming, like, the original snake was white, so all of the snakes have been white. And yeah. And have, the people have had white hair, so. Probably. Mm-hmm. There's, like, shaggy sheep, too. I mean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's the... Yeah, and he's also, like, the sheep slash goat, so... <laughs> That's true. Yeah, he could have goaty hair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Have we specially answered that question? I think so. Yeah. I uh, do think um, we had a little bit of a talk, I think, about, like... Like, it was probably more... Like, the curse probably being more known in the past, because I think mm-hmm. we were talking about, like, if the dragon transformed, like, how Into obvious it would be dragon. and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, I could feel like... And I think, like... In real life, like, in different cultures, people with certain, like, hair colors and eye colors were seen as, like, magical in some way or, like, in touch with the, like, other realm or something. So mm-hmm. I could yeah. easily see, like, people being like, oh, this one's, like, possessed by a spirit just based <laughs> on, like, the hair color in the past, like, when it was more of a known thing. Yeah, true. <laughs> okay. Uh, mm-hmm. You want to ask the next question? Sure. Okay, so this is uh, another one from Susan by email. It says, so a lot of the curse is kind of vague, which I'm fine with because I don't want to get bogged down in details, <laughs> but I wonder one thing about the cat's true form. Why couldn't the cat just bust out of the room after transforming? Does each god encourage looking down on the cat, not just to allow the other Zodiac members a way to feel better about themselves, but to ensure the cat is so accepting of the situation that it doesn't even occur to them to try to fight back? <laughs> <laughs> I think the cat could bust out of there, but I think it is more the the latter. But yeah, I think it's like a psychological <laughs> thing. I think it probably doesn't even occur to most of them. Like by the time they're locked away, like they're like even Kyo was like pretty accepting of his situation before he like realized there was another way. Yeah, yeah. For sure. so, like I think it. Yeah, it's more of a psychological thing. Probably doesn't even occur to most of them to do that. And honestly, if they did, they'd probably just like put yeah, them back. Thinking... Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> like well we'll fix the room and then we'll collect the yeah. cat and put him back um i do i was thinking recently like kyo kyo has been he's gonna be confined after he finishes high school but i wonder if that's like in the past they would have just confined him right away like his children like that's mm-hmm. not really stated. they do talk uh oh, yeah they? they do they do talk about kyo like having more freedom than yeah. he should so exactly that's what i mean so like mm-hmm. maybe maybe they would just always lock them up and they wouldn't know any differently like maybe yeah. that's it too like mm-hmm. kyo has or at least the, like um, at a younger age so yeah they didn't have any kind of like rebellion idea yeah no they didn't get to be free teenagers or whatever <laughs> i would suspect oh, good interesting question mm-hmm. okay uh next question billy flaming asks on twitter who do you think has grown the most since chapter one mm. I mean, I, I don't know. I think it's a three-way tie between Toriyuki and Kyo, probably. Yeah. Because <laughs> they all have their things, and I think they're all just equally difficult for them to overcome. Yeah, I'd say, like, Yuki's probably had the most outward growth, mm-hmm. like, in the way he, like, behaves and stuff. Because mm-hmm. I think most of, like, Kyo and Toru's issues were more, like, internal, that they dealt with internally, mm-hmm. and didn't really change their behavior too much. That's true. Like, and also with Kyo, each other. Kyo calmed down, but... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's not fighting Yuki all the time, yeah. Yeah. But he, yeah, his major issues are, like, you know, accepting the responsibility, or he, what he feels is the responsibility for Kyoko's death, and, like, 
um, you know, changing how he thinks about being confined or how he thinks about living in the world after not having to be confined. Mm-hmm. Toru's is all about her moving on from her mother's death and also, like, just the influence of her mother in her life, like, thinking that she needs to sort of keep her memory alive or whatever. Yeah. And being held down by that, held back by that. Mm-hmm. I think Akito, too, but uh, her, her growth really starts, like, sort of at the end of the series, so we just don't get yeah. to see it. But, like, theoretically, it's a whole life-changing, like, whole perspective-changing yeah. event for her, right? Mm-hmm. She's never been outside, like, these Junishi kids, so... <laughs> yeah. You know? So maybe her, too. But I think, like, what we see the most is probably Yuki, Toru, and Kyo, which totally makes sense. Mm-hmm. As they are the main trio. <laughs> yeah. Um, you're up. You keep reading questions by this person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, not sorry. Uh, yeah, uh, Jatai Bushiri19 on Tumblr says, Did you always ship the endgame main couples, Torukyo, Yukimachi, Akito Shigure, etc.? If not, when do you think you got on board with the ship? <laughs> got, on, got on board the ship! <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's fun, I get it. <laughs> I definitely always shipped Torukyo, and I did never ship Toruyuki. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, I, I mean, obviously, like, it's easy to, if you don't ship one of, if you don't ship them with other people then it's easy to fall in line with that i guess like that's fine mm-hmm. yeah um yeah i always ship toru kyo um i wouldn't say i actively ship yuki machi or mm-hmm. kido shigure they're just kind of like they're fine yeah <laughs> like for me <laughs> yeah kido shigure is fine i also wouldn't say that i ship it i'm not going like reading yeah. looking for the kido shigure fanfic mm-hmm. yeah like i'm like this is acceptable yeah. <laughs> i have no objections to these but like i don't really actively ship them in any way um, I do like, uh, I have a kind of odd fondness for, uh, Ayame Mine, for talking, um, <laughs> cannon, cannon chips. chips, yeah. I think after this read-through, mm-hmm. I appreciate the mm-hmm. Michan Richan situation, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't, I mean, like, they don't really get enough time to have a lot of care, but I'm just like, oh, it's cute that they're together, oh, that's cute, yeah. <laughs> like, it's funny, and that they gossip about Shigure and stuff, <laughs> like. Yeah. yeah, I did appreciate getting the little scene of. Uh, Michan being like the evil is defeated yes. and Shigure stopped writing and also, Ritsu just being like that's wonderful <laughs> I'm also on board with like Mayuko Hattori that's another like canon ship mm-hmm. that I I like I think like as I read more and get older and stuff there it's more the non-canon ships that I branched out to if that makes sense mm-hmm. like Yuki, yeah. Yuki Kakeru um, I feel like you could we talked about how you could ship like Hana Toru or like Rin Toru mm-hmm um, I'm trying to think of like who else, but those are kind of like the main ones that I really see as being viable ships. Yeah, I guess like, Haru, like uh, Haru Rin is a good ship. I don't know. I didn't really yeah. care. Like they're mm. they're fine, you know. <laughs> yeah, I like Toru Momiji as a. Oh know. yes, yeah, it's another That's good one. Ship too. It's a it's a canon one sided ship. Yeah. Um. <laughs> it is a canon ship. Like it's a canon yeah. potential. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't think like. To me, it doesn't seem like Yuki Toru was ever really a canon potential, even though they get a lot of, like, mm-hmm. shippy scenes together, but it just never really seemed right, and that's the point, yeah. I think, to me at least. Like, yeah, know, like, they I got teased at the beginning, but, like, we started getting hints at the, um, the, like, he sees her as a mother thing pretty early on. Yeah. Like, earlier th- earlier than people think, I think, when they're, like, object to so. that development. Yeah. Well, they, because they um, which is fair, it's romantic, you know? Yeah, <laughs> so. and which is fair, if you've been reading it along, like, just seeing Chip Teasy stuff, and then all of a sudden you find out, you come to the point where he's like, oh, I thought of her as a mother, you're like, wait, what? What? <laughs> but, like, yeah, I think it is, like, more obvious if you're looking for it yeah. pretty early on. Like, so. Yeah. Okay. 
Um, I think mm -hmm. next question? Sure. Okay. So Steven Universe asks... Um, oh, this shouldn't be together. That's fine. Steven Universe asks on Tumblr, do you remember how you thought or hoped the series would end when you first read it? I don't know. I definitely hoped that Kyo and Tori would get together, and so I was really mm -hmm. excited when I first read it and it ended. Yeah. I didn't really care about that much else, actually. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, the curse-breaking and stuff, but, like... Yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't think too much about, like, how things would end at that age, mm -hmm. like, when I first started reading it. Um, That's true. So, yeah, I was just like, oh, these two are cute. I hope they get together. And they did. Yeah. <laughs> I remember reading the, like, see the later chapters where they're, like... Um, you know, with the like the cliff and like the other stuff because it was coming out like at the time, and I was like, man, I can't wait till someone translate this because I just want to mm -hmm. like see what's going on and like wanting to see all the stuff, the Kyo and Toru stuff. But that was really the only thing that I cared about that much. Yeah, that I remember caring about. I guess you want to ask the next question. Sure. Um, also from Steven Universe, do you have any burning questions you still feel are left unanswered in the text? What the hell is Shigeru doing? I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I think I know what he was doing. I'm pretty confident. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I like that that was. I like that that was like distant too. <laughs> oh yeah, I was leaning back and looking at. It's the like feeling. you were. It's like you were shouting from the hallway. It's like yeah. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck, sugar? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll leave it in for comedic effects. <laughs> no, I was leaning back in my chair and staring up at the ceiling, contemplating. Um, <laughs> do I have any other burning questions left unanswered, though? I don't think I really do. Like. <laughs> There's stuff that, like, I think would be neat to, like, see more of. Like, some of the characters we didn't see as much of, or even, like, what previous incarnations of the Zodiac were like, like, yeah. throughout history. But it's not really, like, a burning question. It's just, like, that'd be neat to know. Like, Yeah. And I don't think it's, like, left unanswered. It's just not addressed. Yeah, like, I agree with you, because I think the things that I would want to know are, like, what happens to Momiji or, like, Kagura? Like, they're just not, they don't happen, except for perhaps in in another whatever but like mm -hmm. like we even we get to the like we see the zodiac like we see the original curse and how it was mm -hmm. started i think we had talked before about like it'd be nice to see like what was something you wish you if there was like extra content that you'd want to see and i said like i think the like uh, hattori and shigure and ayame as like kids like we don't really get any more information in the family it's also like not really left unanswered i think it's purposely not it's not discussed, like, mm -hmm. but that would be interesting to see. Um, like, I think we get just enough detail about the family to see how fucked up it is, and that's what matters, but, like, <laughs> yeah, uh, like, that would be kind of interesting, or to see the, like, you know, kind of, like, how the family sort of became that way. Uh, a really, like, small question that I always had is, like, where the fuck does Hattori work? Like, does he have a private clinic? Is he just only working for the... <laughs> They're, in the anime, they made it, like, Soma General Hospital or something. So, like, yeah. maybe he's, like, a doctor there. But, like, I don't know. Like, I always kind of wondered about that. He seems to have, like, a private practice. That's, like, not also not a burning question. But it's just a question that I think is, like, there's an answer that's not really stated. Mm -hmm. <laughs> really yeah. It seems thing. like a lot of, yeah, it seems like a lot of them, like, like do work specifically for the family. Yeah. Which, you know, helps keep them within the family and isolated and everything because it seems like money and stuff too so yeah so it seems like hattori like works as a doctor just for the somas and yeah like whatever kareno's hacker work <laughs> is, is <laughs> yes something like probably family business accounts yeah. or something <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah i don't know it would just be like more information that impacted the series like the characters in the series but i don't have any burning burning unanswered questions i think we answered yeah. all the questions i think we answered all the questions that we set out to answer in our first episode too so mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's more like, that'd be cool to know rather than like, what the <laughs> fuck? Why didn't they know. talk about that? Yeah. Yeah. So next question, beautiful fiscal siren asked us on Tumblr, do you have any headcans about what happens after the end of the manga? If Takaya were to write about what happened in between Fruits Basket and another, is there anything you'd really want to know? I kind of just said like, Momiji, I want to know what happens to Momiji and Kakura mm-hmm. after the end of the series. Yeah, I don't really have any headcanons, so. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like everyone's happy. <laughs> um, Rin is still except sad. Except for Kyo's dad. Fuck that guy. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Who cares about him? <laughs> <laughs> Takaya wraps everything up with a little bow. It'd mm-hmm. be nice to see, like, I, I don't know. Like, I haven't read all of another... But I assume, so, like, I see the thing, like, Rin sort of gets over her feels eventually. So the question is, like, when is that? How is that? Um, Mm -hmm. I assume that because of, like, stuff in another that I guess I don't want to talk about in case of spoilery. I don't know. I don't know where people are at with another, but, like, or where, you know, if they write it or care or whatever. But, like, some point people move on. So, like, it'd be interesting to see, like, how, you know, how does that happen for, like, Rin because she's still so tied up in her feelings and, like, does she ever, Mm -hmm. like make up with Akito? Like, what is their relationship like? Akito is also, like, ill, so, like, what, right? Like, just like Akira, so, like, what is the future like for her? And yeah. She's doing all this stuff in the family, so, like, what's going on with the family? Like, that's kind of interesting mm-hmm. to know, maybe. It'd be interesting to see what her relationship was like with Shigure. Yeah. Like, are they cool? Like, is he nice? Is this all just, like, you know, what happens to them? Anyway, that'd be interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, what are they, what is, more like, not what happens to them, but, like, what are they like in their relationship? What is Akito like moving forward? Yeah. Do I have headcanons about what happens? <laughs> I don't know. I do like to imagine that um, Yuki and Kakeru and Machi and Komaki, like, move in together at some point in their youth, which I think is hilarious. A hilarious <laughs> opportunity. Because I'm like, Kakeru can't, like, they have to live together. Like, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, Yuki's planning to move to this, like, apartment or whatever, but, like, my headcanon is that they would be roommates at some point. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, struggle through someone has, together. Someone has to cook for Yuki so he doesn't die. <laughs> so he doesn't set his apartment on fire. <laughs> and that person is Komaki. And then they move in together, and then Komaki cleans everything. And, like, Kak- or maybe Kakuru cleans everything. Maybe he's the, like, secretly neat one. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I think that that would be a funny, like, Friends-esque sitcom if they all moved in together. So... <laughs> it's like alternative polyromance. Yes. <laughs> I mean, four of them. that's fine. <laughs> That would be fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess, like, that's... Yeah, I'm not joking. No, I know. I know you're not. <laughs> I'm just laughing because it's a great idea. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that would be something that I would enjoy. I mean, I think, yeah. like... Um, yeah, same with, like, Kyo and Toru. Like, what is their life like? Where do they go? Like, what is the... You know, like, I don't know. Don't you just want to know, like, what it's like? What they're like? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, that's basically my answer. It's like, yeah, I just want to know. <laughs> Ask him my questions and get, get some, some answers. answers. <laughs> yeah. Like, what's a fire and why does it burn? Um, Takaya recently posted a tweet. I wish I could find it so I could maybe read it, but it was like uh, talking about their ability to drink. Like, if Toru, like, Toru, because she said something about how, like, the voice actress, watching the voice actress for Toru, like, drink made her think <clears> about what. Um, you know, like, at whatever work events and stuff made her think about what the kids would be like, because they're, like, kids, so she didn't think about it. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember exactly what she said, but I just think it's funny to also imagine that, too. Like, they're so mm-hmm. young. What are they like as young adults? It would be funny to find yeah. out. Anyway, that's my a long-winded answer. It's basically, like, okay, I don't I know. Do have a head... Okay, yes. <laughs> I do have a headcanon. Yuki can drink everyone under the table. <laughs> <laughs> Probably, without blinking. Yeah. 
He like doesn't even try. He's just like, "What's wrong with you guys?" They're all like passed out. It's like, yeah. dance is no fun. <laughs> He's one of those people. that's like alcohol doesn't affect me. I drink like yeah. <laughs> ten drinks and nothing happens. And you're like, "Fuck you." <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> one time when he really overdosed, and then Kakiru is like packing his back while he's like barfing in the toilet. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> taking care of him. <laughs> it's great. I love it. <laughs> anyway, okay. Uh, next question. A few that kind of go together. Uh, Udita by email asked, what are some of your favorite quotes and panels from the Fruits Basket manga? And also added, Ayame and Mine House Hunting for Yuki is definitely one of my favorite panels. <laughs> uh, and Jatime Mashiri19 on Tumblr said, what are some of your top moments for the series as a whole? And Billy Flaming on Twitter asked, what are your top five manga moments? Okay. Top moments. <laughs> top moments and quotes. Mm-hmm. Because I'm a snake. <laughs> Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> Anything with a yame, right, is your favorite? <laughs> Actually, one of my favorite humor moments is when he's um, trying to convince the teacher to keep his hair, <laughs> the principal to keep his hair long. I yeah. think it's hilarious. It, it's so funny to me. <laughs> I do like, for a slightly more serious ayame moment, um, I really do like the uh, parent-teacher conference. Yeah. Yuki's uh, parent-teacher conference. He, he comes to day. save the day. Yes. <laughs> it is important. I think of, like, smaller moments, because, you know, there's, like, obvious big ones. Like one of, I guess one of my favorite moments is when Kyo and Toru hug, and then they, Kyo doesn't transform in the mm-hmm. climax of the series. Yeah. It's probably one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're a Kyo Toru shipper, it's probably one of your favorites. Like, why wouldn't yeah. it be? It's a good one. Um, it's touching, and it's surprising. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love the, the true story of the, the curse. It is good that we get that's a, a favorite moment of mine um makes me have a lot of feels about the cat <laughs> spirit <laughs> so many feels about the cat yeah I love um Yuki and Kyo's uh, final fight <laughs> <laughs> that's also good yes yeah uh, a smaller moment we mentioned just recently was uh Yuki and Hattori's conversation that ends with Hattori ruffling his hair <laughs> it's just a really cute moment for both of them <laughs> It's a good moment. It's a moment of, like, relief for both of them. Mm-hmm. I like, um... One of my favorite moments is when Rin cries on Toru. It's also one of my favorite scenes. Mm-hmm. It just seems like you can tell how much of the, like, weight is lifted off of her shoulders, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think another, like, great Yuki moment and, like, Yuki Machi moment is when he breaks the chalk for her. Like, that's one of my favorite mm-hmm. moments that's a uh, scene between them. It's just very, like... Like, anticipating that somebody else needs something is, like, you know, the cornerstone of a good relationship for mm-hmm. <laughs> any kind of friendship. So, he, yeah. and, and, or a romantic relationship. So, he does that without thinking. And it's, like, very, it's just very touching. Or without waiting. They put the box down and he just, like, does it right away. It's nice. Mm-hmm. I like the, um, the first argument uh, Yuki and Kakiru have. <laughs> the, the, like, I was yelling at myself thing yeah. with both of them. And that's a good moment. That is good. <laughs> I really like Kyoko's wisdom drops. That we haven't had one in a long time, but I like, I like them. It's like you get this sort of running like Toru's giving all these people advice, but it's not really her advice. So like, it's this kind of interesting like sagely advice in this story, and a lot of it is good mm-hmm. life advice. Um, yeah, I think like generally, yeah. I'm trying to think of one in particular. I like how it feels like it always feels like once we know more about Kyoko, it feels really earned all yes. of her advice. Like, yes. you can see where, like, where she learned this in her own struggles. Yes. I love also when Kyoko, um, Uo's trying to leave her gang, and Kyoko shows up. 
mm-hmm. saves her. That's another great moment, I think. Yeah. And when, actually, when Uo is like, I want to be Toru's friend, and, like, starts crying, that's mm-hmm. also great. I like that a lot. It's one of, it's also very touching. I also like the moment, like, earlier when she's, like, in their house, and she's, like, uncomfortable being in a happy <laughs> family home, and, like, doesn't know, like, why or what to do with yeah. herself. I really like, like that in the anime, where they... Mm-hmm. You hear all these, like, sounds that are just, like, mm-hmm. a house in the evening, and she yeah. looks so uncomfortable. Like, Oh, my other favorite moment is when he turns around and does his creepy thing where he goes and takes the rats to dig out his <laughs> Oh, this is an older one, but uh, for a comedy moment, I like um, <laughs> at the lake when both Kyo and Yuki transform, and they're still arguing, and, like, the rats come, and he's like, you brought reinforcements, and, like, they just come. <laughs> it's like their whole, this, they're, they're bickering there, it's just so funny. I do like it when, also at the beach house when, I mean, at beach house, the lake house when Toru and Kyo are like, it's Jason, Jason! Like, yeah. <laughs> Yuki keeps trying to be like, that's not. It's not real. <laughs> it's just like, I'm surrounded by idiots. Yeah, and I like how he's the one who's like, it's like, Jason's not a bear, he's a character from a horror movie. Like, <laughs> like, I can't take it anymore. I can't yeah. take it anymore. <laughs> I like it when Mayuko cries for Hattori, too. I think that's a nice, one of my favorite moments, where mm. um, she's just, like, she's upset because it seems like he'll never, like, be happy again, which is sad. Like, it's sad for someone that you care about. So. Yeah. I like, there's the, I mean, I don't know if it's, like, a moment, but there's those panels. The very first time we had one of those, like, nice, a series of, like, quiet panels where it's Yuki going to school when he's worrying about, like, the, he's thinking about, um, Hakyo, um, it's like right before the beach when he goes and meets he goes and meets the student council or he goes and meets Yuki, uh, sorry Kakiru and Machi, and he's like walking um, to school. He leaves Shigeru's house and he's like thinking about um, you know himself and thinking about the struggles that he's going through and stuff. And like there's that nice set of panels where it's just like empty and you see like the sky. He looks up at the sky and stuff. I really like that mm-hmm. moment. It's not because of the I mean, it, it's a it's a poignant moment, but I also like the way it's treated in the manga. So. Yeah. And the anime was good, too, I think, but particularly I noticed it in the manga this time when we read through it. Mm-hmm. There's so many good ones. I also like the Very Foolish Traveler, like, um, mm, yeah. the way that it's repeated through the story, too. Yeah. Well, yeah, I really like, um, I like, uh, when, like, Momiji's, like, not able to defend Toru mm-hmm. against Akito and the, like, and at the uh, beach house yeah and then like afterward when he like comes back and like tries to apologize and can't and just starts crying and like Toru hugs him mm-hmm. i think that's a really sweet moment one of the uh, early good moments too with momiji and toru that i like is when he's talking about her mom i mean his mom and then he's like it's a secret and they mm-hmm. um have their that's like when they start to get really connected mm-hmm. yeah i like the bit we're about to get in the anime too when she um oh, yeah. breaks into the uh, main house <laughs> and and comes over to Momiji, and he like just the he's just so like like affectionate with her. Like, yes, how he like helps her in and like brushes off her skirt and mm-hmm. yeah. And then like they have their uh, like conversation, and it's just like it's a very like you know just nice emotional connection between the two of them. It is. It's a nice scene, and then he says that he wants to play a song for her, and she says he wants "Wish Upon a Star," which is very sweet. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think, like, um, speaking of sneaking in the house, like, Sword of Cinderella is a great moment in the story. <laughs> I enjoy it very much for humor purposes, really. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think, like we said, it kind of reveals things, like, we already knew all that stuff, but it reveals things to the characters. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's just funny, and... Yeah. <laughs> everybody's being their best self, they're, you know, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. 
living their best life, which is great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can't beat a good uh, student play <laughs> <Nope>. sequence <laughs> in a manga. Yes. <laughs> Just like a beach trip. Every good manga mm-hmm. has to have a beach trip. That's mm-hmm. how you know you're in a shoujo. <laughs> Do you have any like specific quotes that are your favorites? I don't think so. I feel like I think uh, Fruits Basket, I think, in more moments than mm-hmm. specific quotes. I really like, um, there's a couple that I think of. I probably won't be able to remember all of them, like, actually, as they're said. But I do like the one where we just talked about earlier where Kyo is like, loving someone doesn't mean just loving what's in front of you, but also their past and, like, you know, what's to come. I think that that's a nice sentiment. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of Kyoko, again, those Kyoko wisdom drops that are also really good. I just wish I could remember one specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like, um, I just thought of one, the, mm-hmm. uh, during Ayame's flashback, um, to the girl in high school, mm-hmm. like when he's like puzzled about like if he did something wrong or not, and Hattorius is like, it's not a matter of doing something right or wrong. It's just that out there are people who get hurt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is good. Mm-hmm. I think some of Yuki's quotes are really nice too. Like um, when he's like, I don't know, like he's like, I can't, I can't do this by myself, and like I, I want to be able to make decisions about my life. I want to stand on like my own feet and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I love when Toru is, like, it's not really, like, I mean, like, quotable, but I love when Toru is just like, why can't you accept that I love you? When mm-hmm. she's talking to Kyo and he keeps denying her. It's like, just take it, just accept his feelings, yeah. you know? Just accept her feelings. Like, you know, I like, uh... <laughs> like, I'm disillusioned? Um, yeah. I like, it's okay, I don't mind the slugs. <laughs> <laughs> like, the ice crystals, that's another thing. Yeah. Story. I thought was funny. I like when also Mayuko's quote where she's like, it can't be true that you can't be happy. She's like, the sky, the sun is bright, the birds are chirping. Like, why can't you, mm-hmm. you know, why can't you be happy? Like, what's wrong? <laughs> you know? Yeah. I like that. Yeah, I guess if you want to go classic quotes for Fruits Basket, you got to have, uh, when the snow melts, it becomes spring. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, of course. And like, mm-hmm. there's a, you know, whatever. There's a new Uboshi on your back. It's not really a quote, mm-hmm. but... That scene too. I'm just gonna look at the episode. I p- usually pick quotes that I like for the episode titles. <laughs> like I should just die. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's my favorite quote from Furuba. <laughs> Steamy Onsen Heartful Tour. That was really funny. <laughs> Someday I'll be strong enough. My memories can't defeat me. That's one of the episodes with uh, Moiji and I think that's like Toru's quote. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Oh, one of the ones that I remember from Yuki is like the enemy that I should always be fighting is in myself or inside me. Mm-hmm. I like that quote. Yeah. That's how I feel. <laughs> a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah, Kyoko's wasn't drop. It feels like crap, but it'll help you grow. That's also one of my favorites. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have to open the tightly closed light. Is that a good quote? <laughs> yeah. There's uh, an episode called Hope Will Return to You Again and Again. I just kind of like admire Yuki's general, like, he seems like kind of pessimistic on the outside, but his like internal thoughts are so um, like hopeful for the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that quote I read earlier as like a theme of the series, mm-hmm. the... That I wish I could have lived my life without making any wrong turns. Yeah. Quote. It's a good one. It is a good one. I think that's that kind of sums it up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we've, we've ranted for quite a while about that, but that's fine. <laughs> yeah. So we've gone over the entire series. Yes. It's <laughs> our favorite I moments. tried to think, like, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of good moments in the beginning. We just haven't talked about them in such a long time. Yeah. Like, I'm sure there's some that I'll look back and be like, oh, yeah, that was a good one, too. But, mm-hmm. Um, okay, the next question came from Catherine over email. What do you think makes Fruits, Bas- makes Fruits Basket relevant today? I mean, I would say that it's like the themes are are universal. There's like there's mm-hmm. nothing there's nothing crazy about like I think we've talked about some of the maybe like semi problematic representations of people and relationships like Ritsu and mm-hmm. all the like you know Kazum uh, no, what's his name um, Katsuya and 
Kyoko Onu and Kareno and yeah, there's definitely like problems in the series. Um, but I think like mm-hmm. the overall themes are still relevant. Like trying to find where you are in your life and overcoming all the things that hurt you and the things that you've done to other people that hurt them and mm-hmm. like make coming to terms with that are universal problems. Yeah. Time doesn't change that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And unfortunately, you know, things <laughs> of familial abuse yeah, are that's true. You know always relevant yeah unfortunately yes and the cycle of abuse in general like yeah for sure mm-hmm. yes unfortunately those remain <laughs> we can't look back and be like that was so antiquated <laughs> yeah um but yeah i do think that that's this those are the things that make for fresca universal like mm-hmm. and universally relevant and that's why the anime can be almost exactly the same as the manga it's not like they have, there's anything like topical that has to be removed like yeah people's like cell yeah. phones get updated but like yeah, so all they did was they gave ayame an iphone yeah it? <laughs> and then they gave um haru a switch instead of a game boy advance yep <laughs> so but like like people are always you know people are in high school now they're trying to figure out where, mm. where they want to go with their lives yeah. like well, not right now <laughs> <laughs> not right now <laughs> but yeah it like you know everybody's trying to figure out where they're going everybody's mm-hmm. still dealing with different kinds of pain and like loss that's also why like every time i reread it there's different things that i like resonate with me because of what's going on in my life like i don't know like you'll lose people you won't you know like things will happen so but yeah it's like in some ways fruits basket is a coming of age story and those mm-hmm. you know those are classics for a reason like the general themes of figuring yourself out and figuring other people out and figuring out your future like those don't go away yeah for sure <laughs> Yeah, sadly, to the youth in our audience, those, yeah. those things don't go away. <laughs> like, sorry, youth. <laughs> Next question? Oh, yeah, we're moving on to the topic of Fruits Basket and other slash Three Musketeers arc slash other mm-hmm. series. Yeah. Are these our, like, separate questions? I think should we just say, like... They're all the same question. <laughs> yeah. How about you answer... Okay. ...the concept you of commit? what we're doing. Yeah. Okay, so, so the question is... Um, so Anon42069 on Tumblr, Booty103 on Tumblr, and another Anon on Tumblr asked, would you consider doing a series about another? <laughs> I feel like they're going to be upset that you're not calling them Anon42069. Uh, wait, uh, 42069. <laughs> oh, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go lay down. I just, I just can't. This can't be worse. <laughs> oh, you think you're fucking funny? Huh? <laughs> anyway. It, you are. So, so I said, I see what you did there. Yeah. I didn't. I was just like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, so we've heard of the sequel series. Uh, I haven't... I've read, like, a little bit of it a long time ago when it was first coming out, so I don't think I've read any official translations of it. I think we could do... So I don't... I don't... I don't know. I, I don't... I don't see what <laughs> content there is in the Three Musketeers arc. Like, isn't it just a... Takaya does all these special, like... Uh, promo comics for like when things come out so like there's a if you have like any of the special edition things or like the fruits basket fan books or any of those things there's like extra omake and stuff that are in there that are for like when cd dramas come out and like three musketeers is a thing that's commemorating the release of the anime it doesn't seem like there's a lot of content to me like i've read them but i'm just like yeah there's a couple like jokes and stuff and like things but i, I honestly don't <laughs> really see like deep themes <laughs> I'm willing to read another as a special. Maybe we'll do that later. I don't know. We don't have any specific plans for that now. 
I'm not like against it. I just haven't really read it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thoughts? Yeah, I've read, walk you I've into read a like a, a chapter, <laughs> maybe two of another. So yeah, I'm, again, not against it. That what I would mm-hmm. be willing to to cover someday, um, but probably as like a one off. Like I don't think we would do a long special. I think it's like only three volumes. I was also hesitant before because I was waiting for it to like finish, but I think it is finished now. So I'd be willing to do a special. I'm not going to mm-hmm. commit to a specific time, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, someday. The answer is maybe. Well, we did say we would, like, maybe <laughs> cover the anime, and we've done that. So, like... Yeah. <laughs> or it was like, maybe we'll cover it in detail, and we did it. So I, I wouldn't mind doing it eventually, but we're... Um, so Steven Universe asked, do you think you might cover... Um, at, maybe, like, cover it after FMA? So, like, maybe? I don't know. That's a long time from now, too. So, mm-hmm. um, Are there any other series we're thinking of covering? The only other series we're thinking of covering right now is FMA, so, Which is Full Metal Alchemist, Full Metal for Alchemist. The, uh, uninitiated. <laughs> <laughs> they know. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if people know. I'm sure most know. Probably. <laughs> yeah. Yay, I know. It's so exciting. I'm really excited because, we've, I mean, I love Furuba, but we've been reading this for, like, I've been thinking about Furuba for, like, a year. So it'll be nice to, um, well, I think about Furuba think about all the time. something else. Yeah. Well, it'll just be nice to, like, read it. I've, like, I haven't read FMA before in detail. Like, I read it, I remember reading it a bit when it was uh, serialized, but, like, I don't, I don't know. I haven't read it in a long time, so I'm excited. So yeah, that's the answer to that question is like for Three Musketeers, I'm going to say no, because like I don't, maybe I'm just missing it, but it's like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, it's just an ad, it's a long ad, okay? Like, come on. <laughs> and another I would do, but I think we would just do it as a special, and like we don't have a set timeline, but I'm not opposed to doing that. So yeah, it's a hard maybe, um, <laughs> I guess, <laughs> but I appreciate everybody asking. Yes, we know about it too, so. Okay. Um, oh, I answered this and I asked it. So, do you want to do the next questions? Are about us and our pets. So. Okay. All right. Um, we got uh, a non four twenty sixty nine on Tumblr as we know Kayla has pets. What about Ellen? Yes, that's me. My name is Ellen. I have three pets. <laughs> um, so I have. <laughs> I forget. I think so. Like I have. I have two kittens. Their names are Haku and Howl. I will edit in sounds of them meowing for you. <laughs> are you calling me? What do you want? They're cute. Um, I didn't have them when the series started. They're like, it's July, so they're like five, February, March, April. Yeah, they're like five months old. <laughs> so we only got them a couple months ago, and they're real cute and fluffy. They're like <laughs> Siberian cats, and they're going to be super fluffy and, and huge when they grow up, and I appreciate that about them. Um, I also have one fish. I used to have a, <laughs> I used to have like a fish tank that had these um, fish, a type of, I can't remember, I feel like we talked about this in a, in an animal break or something at some point. Like, I must have talked about the fish, but I forget. Maybe that was, I cut, I don't know. But I had a, um, I've had fish tanks for a long time, and I had a fish tank that had this type of fish that's a live breeding fish, which, me, which is like a guppy. So if you've ever had guppies, they breed, they can breed a lot. And I had these fish called platies, and they kept having babies, and I was like, this is bad for their gen- genetics. Like, they're all inbred and stuff. So <laughs> I took all the babies to, I took what I thought was all of the babies to, um, like the pet store for them where they resell the fish and it's fine. They went off to like grow up in the plant fish tank, which is great. Um, I'm totally fine with it. But one of them, one of the babies, they were really, really small and kind of translucent at the time. One of them escaped me, escaped my net. And I was like, well, <laughs> you deserve it. So, so that fish still lives with me and her name is Crumb Caramel. <laughs> Not that it matters much, but so she's just chilling that there's one, one fish that I keep and, and keep her, um, but I probably won't get more fish after that. I don't know. We'll see. What, what will your cats look at? I, know, I don't know. They'll have to just watch TV or whatever. <laughs> I do want to have goldfish, but I don't know. Maybe someday. Maybe 
Maybe later. Anyway, they have a lot of plants. They can keep playing with my plants. One of them started digging in one of the plants recently. I'm like, you asshole. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, the next questions were, so they're kind of the same or similar. Decimal caps asked on Tumblr and Catherine asked us by email. Uh, I'm wondering about your bird. What kind of bird is he? How old is he? Um, does he like to hear you guys talk or is he one of those animals that like wants to butt in or stop other people's conversations? And like, what, Catherine asked what kind of animal, what kind of bird is Bowie? So give us the deets on Bowie. <laughs> Bowie is a green cheek conure. He's cute. Which is a he's a, he's a little parrot. Um, <laughs> uh, they're they're a fun species. They people say they have uh, big bird personalities and little bird bodies, and he definitely has a big personality. Um, he is seven years old now. Oh, he's so old. I never yeah. really thought about that. He's but... he's a what a second grader. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are you smarter than a Bowie? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and they can live to be like twenty or thirty. So wow. Hopefully, he'll be around for quite a bit longer oh that's nice um he likes attention so like i don't like i don't think he really cares about people talking or not but if they're if we're not paying attention to him that's when he's like please pay attention to me i can hear him so. going right now yeah really cute. i don't know if it comes through on the like sometimes it does i'm pretty sure i've edited in like one or i mean that's probably what people are asking because he makes like little noises so he makes some mm-hmm. he's like does his little screams his scrim as we call mm-hmm. it and then um, that like murf, 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 murf noise, which is my favorite personally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Most of his noises are quiet. You probably, you guys probably mostly hear the screams, but he makes lots of little like kind of mumbly noises. Um, when we're recording, I always, almost always have him like hanging out like on my lap or like on the desk. So, oh yeah, nobody usually when he screams is when he decides to go wander off somewhere, and then he's like, "I'm bored. Come get me." <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say nobody has the cats because they're not in here, and like normally I record in the closet, so they're like not, they're never yeah. there. So, <laughs> and they're pretty quiet, I guess. But. Yeah, his uh, he lives next to my my desk, so <laughs> there'd be no way to uh, to put him away yeah. and record. <laughs> he's normally pretty quiet. I've only had to edit out a couple screams, mm-hmm. generally speaking. <laughs> yeah, he's usually pretty good because like I, I give him attention while he's hanging out, and that's usually enough. Like he'll like snuggle up to my hand oh, or whatever, and I'll cute. I'll pet him. So he's usually pretty good. Mm-hmm. You said that all the people he charms all of your coworkers when you bring him in. Yeah, he's he's real charming. He's good at he's good at charming people. He doesn't let the uh, outside world know how annoying he is. <laughs> <laughs> is that sufficient information about Bowie? I mean, probably. Hopefully. <laughs> uh, Anon four twenty sixty nine on Tumblr has <laughs> kind of unrelated, but what are your favorite Disney princesses? If you don't like them or what they stand for, that's cool too. <laughs> I think that people who think that Disney is evil are wrong, but that's just my opinion. Yeah. I don't get it. I don't understand. It's like, like I think they're like moderately evil, but I don't think they're <laughs> like any more evil than like any other company. So I think like, people just love to hate on Disney. So thing. I don't really get the like particular hate. <laughs> so yeah, um, um, hmm. I haven't thought about my favorite Disney princess in a long time, though. I should have prepared for this. <laughs> Here, I'm looking up what the official roster oh, is. Oh, that's a good idea. You know, there's ones that are in official <laughs> you have to answer the question with the most uh detail possible yes a complete list of official disney princesses let's see uh we got snow white cinderella aurora ariel Belle, jasmine pocahontas mulan tiana rapunzel merida and moana so all all of them basically are on the official list <laughs> now um yeah. there's also going to be a question for me i think that's similar to the question before where we answered with like a bunch of favorite characters because yeah. i think i like a lot of them for different reasons so i always liked mulan because i think i saw that movie and i was like maybe i don't know like 10 9 or 10 or something 
and being like... I disagree with her being on the list. Though. Oh, really? <laughs> She's not a princess in any way, shape, or She's form. She's a hero. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I agree with her, the concept of her being on the list, because she deserves the same attention as all the others. I guess yeah, like she's a she's a lead of she's a she's a, the yeah she's the lead of her film. <laughs> oh, but I, I I feel like I identified with her being like I don't know how I fit in. How do I be a better like daughter? Am I doing the right things? I feel like as a a young a young lass that was something that I identified with a lot. So she's one of my favorites. Um, I admire Tiana's like de- <laughs> devotion to her career and her work ethic. Um. <laughs> But then, like, you know, in the, in the show, she learns to, like, lighten up and figure out what's important in her life and stuff. So I appreciate mm-hmm. that. Oh, and also, like, Belle, because um, she was all into, like, books and stuff, you know? And mm-hmm. <laughs> and also tries to do the right thing. Um, I like Tiana a lot. Um, Princess and the Frog is an underrated film, I think. I, um, I enjoy it a lot. Um, and I think Tiana's a great protagonist. Like, her, like, takes no shit. <laughs> attitude it's the only way you can deal with naveen so yeah it's like he has a lot of shit so <laughs> you have to take no shit um, that's what makes her yeah, great um, she's a great character yeah i like moana a lot too, I do too. Um, she's very determined to do something that no one will explain to her how to do like she's kind of determined to figure yeah. things out on her own and i respect mm-hmm. that yeah and do and she has a great she has a great i want song so. yes i want song <laughs> See the line, see the sea, it calls me. Yes. <laughs> that one. Yeah. I think um, Tiana does too. Like, mm-hmm. I like Almost There. It's like one of my favorite songs. Yeah, Disney songs. it's really good. And yeah, I like Belle too for <laughs> yeah, walking around <laughs> reading books without falling. <laughs> Appreciate that. <laughs> I like when in um, Bonjour, when she's like, um, she's like narrating the book to the like sheep because she's read it so many mm-hmm. times or whatever. <laughs> it's like great. <laughs> I really liked Pocahontas, the movie Pocahontas as a kid. I don't say that I can mm-hmm. like really relate to her. I think I just like Nico. <laughs> I'm trying to mm-hmm. just trying to think. Yeah, that was um that's like one of my secret favorites as a kid. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't realize how much I enjoyed it as a kid until like I was listening to one of the songs in the car with my mom like years later mm-hmm. and she knew all the words and I was like, I must have watched this a lot. <laughs> um. <laughs> we had Pocahontas plates like little kids plates in my house so i guess we liked it a lot i remember watching it a lot um as far as the old school ones i like aurora i'm trying to think if i have like a old school preference like i haven't i haven't seen sleeping beauty i'm not sleeping beauty i've seen sleeping beauty recently um i haven't seen snow white recently mm-hmm. i don't think snow white holds up very well no like it's uh it's um you know iconic and like defined a genre mm-hmm. but defined a medium yes I guess. <laughs> um <laughs> yeah, the genre was defined by like the you know Brothers Grimm or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I like I appreciate its role in uh, animation and Disney history, but like it's definitely a, a movie that was made in like the 30s. It, yeah, and it had yeah, it definitely has a lot of values that are not. We don't. I don't know. Like, yeah, you know, it's not appealing. Mm-hmm. I was. I think that was the first movie that I saw in movie theaters as a little kid. Um, I remember seeing so it. Yeah. I guess they must have, like, Mine released it or something. Mine was Lion King. Oh, well, that's good. Lion King's a good movie. How come now it's not on the <laughs> list? I mean... Yeah. She's an actual queen. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Well, she's a she's a queen. Is she a princess? She's a queen, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess Kiara. <laughs> she was she's a princess. A princess. <laughs> <laughs> they should have called her the Lion Princess, not the Lion King 2. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Although Gustavus there, so you know. It's the Lion King also because <laughs> it's mostly about Kiara, but he's there too. Yes. <laughs> and, and Simba. Yeah. <laughs> wait. So wait. Anna and Elsa aren't on the list. Apparently. What? They're also uh, actual princesses. See, this says yeah. Um, I guess Elsa's a queen for most of it. <laughs> She was thrust into queenhood. She's still basically a princess. Oh, here we go. This says, uh, ultimately it was believed that the popularity of Anna and Elsa might overshadow the other 12 princesses. (laughs) So the two of them pretty much got their own toy line and franchise. (laughs) That's probably true. They like their own thing. Yeah. (laughs) That's really funny. Here's some, uh, past Disney princesses to, uh, Tinkerbell. Okay, yeah. And now she's got her Disney fairies. Uh, Esmeralda. What? They took her off the list? That doesn't seem fair. I feel like you can't be a princess and then be removed unless you get your own line, like Tinkerbell. Yeah. And Jane Porter. (laughs) I don't think she'd prefer to... probably prefer not to be called a princess. Yeah. Oh, I adored Esmeralda as a kid, though. She's, like, one of my favorite characters for some reason. It's, like, a really random character to fixate on. I mean, (laughs) kids are weird. They fixate on weird stuff all the time. That's how it is. It's funny. I haven't seen that movie in a long time, either. She's a good character. Not a princess, but <laughs> I appreciate her. <laughs> I gotta say that I, I like um, Anna and Elsa. Mm-hmm. I think that, like, I, I feel like in Frozen, the first Frozen, I relate to, like, Elsa trying to keep her emotional shit together. Um, mm-hmm. I always find that movie really touching because, like, I have a sister, so obviously that I, like, I relate to that aspect of the story. That's, like, the whole crux of the story is, like, um, mm-hmm. like you know the relationship and friendship you can have with your sister i guess like that's how they that's how they overcome the issues of the story frozen 2 yeah. it's a bit like different so but you haven't seen that yet right so. not all the way i started watching it one night and then <laughs> i had to stop and do something else and then when i came back to it it was late and so i was like i'm just going <laughs> so, it's kind of long like yeah, yeah. Um, so i've watched probably like 20 30 minutes of it well, okay. so no comments about frozen 2 but, yeah um but yeah, I don't know. If they're on, considered to be in their own princess line, which <laughs> makes sense, then um, I feel like I kind of relate to Elsa, and especially in Frozen, the first Frozen movie, not so much in the second one, I think. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. That's enough about Disney, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we could talk about that. I'm sure we're going to have a whole podcast about yeah, that, too. See, but... I'm just going to say join our Disney podcast. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, that would be kind of fun, like going through all the movies. I would do it. Um, we can do it if you want in between FMA, yeah. but we'll start FMA first. Yeah. Uh, we'll just keep adding to the list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I feel like we have a bunch of things that we said that we would do. <laughs> or we mm-hmm. joked about, at least. Like yeah. Like, our whole podcast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> so the last question is, uh, sent by Catherine, by email. So, what have you learned about podcasting that you wish you'd known going in? And she says that we talked about this in the mid-series special, which I think we did. But do we, now that we finished, do we have a different insight? Um, actually, do you have anything that you want to say that you learned about podcasting? Uh, it works better with a better computer. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> it works better when you um, use a different recording thing so that your microphone that sounds good doesn't sound like crap. <laughs> I think I said before in the mid-series special, like, if you're going to do any kind of creative endeavor, just try it. Like, just do it. Like, there are things that you have to figure out as you go and things that, are, you know, challenges that you'll have to overcome as things go on, but you just face them one at a time and it's fine. Like, mm-hmm. um you know, like we started the podcast, like I said, we, we changed our recording process partway through and that helped a lot now that we're, so we're starting a new podcast. So now we have to kind of like host this one, like the content for this podcast will remain right. And have a new, have another one. So now like our kind of like logistical issues are one of scaling. So that's something that like I need to figure out eventually. Um, Mm -hmm. and like we did, I don't know, we did a bunch of interesting and different things with this podcast. Like one episode we recorded with a bunch of people and we did the, uh, the play, Mm-hmm. and cut that in and that was fun and different like it was 
like we, we experimented with different things, so I think is an important part of being creative, right? Um, yeah. There was something else. Oh, we did a live episode. That was really fun. I had to remember mm-hmm. how to play the soundtrack or the, how to play the song <laughs> at the beginning, which was, yeah, I fucked up playing ukulele live for everyone. That was great. Um, <laughs> and like, like, you just have to, and like, I think another thing is like, people will send uh, something I guess I would say to someone who's starting their own podcast is like, people will send you their opinions and stuff. And like, I think just try to be respectful. Like, I try to reply to everything that we get in our messages and also like thank people for being engaged and listening because i think that that's really important but like it's your it's your thing in the end like you don't have to listen to what other people say like just mm. do you if you're the one creating it like if people have their own opinions that's what like tumblr and twitter and like their own podcast are for like yeah you don't have to like sugar yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh thanks for absolving me i was really worried about it all this time <laughs> um are you like i think be respectful but and i feel like i've tried to be like we try to uh you know do those things but like there's a lot of things where it's just like um you don't want to like i don't know that's another reason like i said before i used to read like tumblr a lot and like be really involved in in discord and stuff and i just stopped reading those things because i want to make sure this podcast is like my opinions and like my thoughts everybody else's opinions Mm -hmm. and stuff are out there like you can go find them so um yeah like that's kind of the way that i approach it now but yeah i guess what i'm trying to say is like just you do you (laughs) like it's if you and if you're not having fun don't do it like there's no pressure for you to keep like continue like we do this podcast because we enjoy it and mm-hmm. um that's what i have to say about that <laughs> that goes for any creative thing not necessarily just podcasting but if it's a if it's a pressure don't do it it should be your it should be yeah. fun mm-hmm. yeah i guess as a side note so Catherine's releasing a podcast called uh Faroo babes and they have a tumblr that looks like the first episode just came out today so we're recording on saturday so if you want some more Faroo content i think you should check it out i'm gonna try to listen to it after this should go check that out Woo! I know, it's exciting. So, yes, congrats on releasing your first episode also, because that's... <laughs> you yes. have to get into the app store and shit or whatever, and that's annoying. So, yeah, good. good. Congrats to you and, and the rest Kudos. of the host. Yes. <laughs> that's our last question. Um, so that's the end of our episode. That's the end of our manga series. Oh I feel so weird because we're going to be back next week for anime, but, like, whatever. Yeah. It's a, it's a lot. We've done a lot, and we've talked about a lot of things. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I hope everyone enjoyed it. I appreciate... Thanks... Thank you all for listening and and like I said, being engaged and sending us questions. Like this podcast, there's no mm-hmm. is it a podcast if nobody listens? Like you know, yeah. <laughs> if the podcast falls in the woods, and no one's around to hear <laughs> it. Actually, make a sound. <laughs> so I I don't know. I feel like I have learned a lot, and it's been a good experience. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I don't know. And um, yeah, we're moving on to a new podcast. Um, in addition to the anime breaks, which will keep going, we're moving on to a new podcast called Equivalent Exchange, which will be about Fullmetal Alchemist. Uh, as a as a last sign off for this manga series, I just want to say thank you all for listening, and uh, we hope to see you in our FMA series and for the rest of the anime. We'll be releasing the full FMA podcast in October, so look forward to that. Yeah, yeah. and I'll post things on our social things. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know the drill. Yeah, you don't have to memorize. No. It. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and if you haven't read it before, it's good. It's supposed to be spoiler free. It'll be um, me thinking about things probably that'll happen, but. I haven't read it before, so uh, yeah, it'll be theoretically spoiler-free. Mm-hmm. It'll everybody will be yes. on the same page, so that'll be good. It'll be a good time. Yep. So yeah, join us for that if you haven't read FMA. It's a good series. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. All right. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you later. I guess I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Bye-bye. Bye bye. <laughs>